0: Welcome back to the 10 Tabs Open Podcast. This is your host, Alex Howell, and today was the first time that we had on two guests. Uh, For episode 17, we had back on the show Corey Gallagher, who you all know from his... his workings at the University of Missouri for his doctorate, as well as working at the Barstow School in Kansas City. He brought on a uh, doctor from of history as well who also has a degree from the University of Missouri in Columbia, and his name is Jonathan Root. And uh, everybody calls him Root, and Root has done some absolutely amazing research that we get to In mainly the second part of our interview, the first part is basically these two guys who are far more intelligent than me, explaining how I don't know how to make a pick in fantasy football, which is completely fine, because they're probably right, and it's all supposed to be a game, even though I think we make fun of each other more than anything else. But uh, really intelligent guys, lots of different subject matter, politics, history, fantasy football, you name it, we talk about it. So... Hope you guys enjoy. Let me know in the comments what you think about the show, and um, obviously just visit us at 10tabsopen.com. Check it out there. You can check out my personal website, alexanderhowell.com, with links to the podcast, with links to uh, Danny Howell Real Estate Team, which is the real estate team out of REMAX that I uh, am a part of in Kansas City, as well as a link to the book, The Retired Millennial, which I wrote a couple of years back. Don't judge me too much on it. First book is what it is. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoy Episode 17, Corey Gallagher, Jonathan Root. Enjoy.
1: Make hey,
2: it's not good.
0: <laughs> it's not good. All right, I think we're good. Go ahead and talk. I'm just, I'm just fucking around. Uh, around. All right,
2: man. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, yeah, no, I'm not gonna get banned from the archives because I scan, you, you. I scanned everything. Dude, let's do this last trip. (laughs) When you say the archives,
0: I'm really worried it's like the constitutional archives. I'm going (laughs) to get fucking jailed. Nah, I don't care about
2: that. (laughs) I go down (laughs) there and burn that place down. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck the National Archives! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, we we need a new constitution anyway. So, you know, us burn this when it started a new one. The
1: National Archives (laughs) can literally eat my deck.
2: (laughs) Nah, I, uh, yeah, so I did a research trip recently. It was, yeah, those are always tricky. This one I don't think was very successful. It was, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know.
1: Hold, You should hold that story because just like <laughs> yeah. the we, method we, by which you have to do your research, yeah, yeah, that was, in and of itself it was, is super
2: interesting. It was a complicated okay. trip. It was complicated.
0: So we need to start fantasy football and then move on. Okay. Sure. Okay, yeah. awesome. So, Corey, eat a dick, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had to eat shit
2: the entire draft.
0: <laughs> because of who I was picking, if you
1: look, which you deserve,
2: which you deserve. By the way, taking quarterback in the first round. Mm-mm. If you look nah. in the I'll
1: dictionary under Homer, there's a picture of Alex Howell holding up a Chiefs jersey. You are such. <laughs> you just you can't.
0: I've you, never even done that. That's is the first uh,
1: year.
2: I it I think, I think that's yeah. bullshit. I think if we looked back. I think I think the first I think my first year in the league, someone took RG three in the first round. That was just, Whitney. Oh, oh, that was Whitney. God.
0: And you know who I took? Kirk Cousins. In
2: the first round? <laughs> <laughs> Not in the first round.
0: I think it was like round six, but I just looked over at Corey and was like,
1: You know who I'm about to take. <laughs> yeah, I no. I he like Kurt. I like Kirk
2: Cousins. Me and my boy Bob Fisher we like Kirk Cousins. Well, that was a
1: that was a homer yeah. picked like by Kirk. Whitney because she lives in D.C. That's right. right, I knew yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you you know, she's not even <laughs> such a homer that she took a terrible terrible defense as her backup defense, which you did. I Alex. did. I did. I did.
0: Yeah, that Chiefs defense that's looks impressive. real hot after today. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Nah, no, yeah. it was impressively terrible. I know.
2: Oh, and having a having a backup defense in the first week of fantasy football is also yeah bold. Uh, that's a, that's hey, a man. You do you right. It's, yeah, that's a bold move, Todd. <laughs> but with four, with a fourteen team league, it doesn't it doesn't. It doesn't matter, right? Because the no. waiver wire is garbage now. <laughs> unless, unless, unless I was talking to Corey, who's the, is a Patriots receiver. He's a rookie. He's apparently going to be really good. See, uh, it doesn't matter. Corey now. decided
0: to take two Patriots receivers yeah. this time. W- one of them
2: wasn't good a Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to make the difference, man. Well, that was amazing. my
1: Homer <laughs> pick of the decade, and now it's not even a Homer pick. I don't. That'll teach you. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that was a that was a very strange draft overall, just because I like every single person that I wanted, I felt like just immediately got taken off the board. And I was looking like several deep. Like, okay, so I'm five, so I get five, and then there are like nine picks after me, and then another nine, and then I get a pick again. Yeah. So it was like, okay, so I'm filling my team and every like my only strategy, and it's a terrible strategy, and you should never do this, is like I need to fill my team, like my roster, and then I'll worry about the rest. And that's not how you should do it, and I know. But every single year I do that, so I'm just like, all right, so I'm going to look at this person because that's going to be a good choice. And it's never a good choice because somebody picks it like three picks before. What I do
2: you it. mean pick, fill your roster? Like, I, for my roster, for backups, Like I don't I do not do any research. I th- like, yeah. I sit down, fantasy night, and – I
1: think what Alex is getting at is, like, he, he thinks that, like, before I start picking up, non-starters, I have to fill all my starters. Oh,
2: okay, yeah, which yeah. Which is
1: why we get things like, oh, I'm going to take a kicker in the eighth <laughs> oh, round. I do, yeah. I do that up until, which like... Which I think you did, right? Okay. okay, I, right? I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I,
2: I no, no, what I do is I... Until I get to, like, defense and kickers, I fill, mm. I fill, I fill my roster. So I, I took a defense and kicker the last couple of rounds, but until mm. I get to, like, round whatever that is, like, million... That's when I start thinking about kickers and defense. But before then, I'm filling my roster first with skill right. with players. Yeah,
0: and that makes that's all a, the sense yeah. in the world. The reason, So the reason that I do, and it's not like there's I'm— There's no good reason. No, there's no good reason. And you're talking to somebody uh, who's never— ta- Like, I've taken number three a couple of years. That's my top. Like, it's either three or, like, tenth, and that's it. But I always do that. And the reason I do it is because, like— there have been times where all of my picks are terrible, Take say, this year. <laughs> so I, there yeah. are times where, like, my kicker has gotten more points than anybody on the team. So, I'm just like, I'm just going to fill it and fuck it and we'll move I, on.
2: I don't know. There might be an okay move because, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, I, think it, I think it could, I, I don't know, I could see it. I could see that working, actually, yeah. Because we have 14 teams in our league, right? That. But what That's is a lot because the waiver wire is going to be nothing and you have oh, all yeah. your starters locked down right now.
1: What is the conceivable point difference between the best kicker in the league? I had a week enough where to win my fantasy. And the, I had a week to win
0: where my running fantasy. back, running back, and quarterback scored nine points. Enough, enough, <laughs> enough,
2: of a, enough of the difference to win fantasy, that's for sure.
1: It's not the kicker's fault that Alex can't draft a team. <laughs> no, it's not. But that those those
2: kickers points might make a difference difference between a win or loss, right? So
1: I mean, uh, yeah, they can, but. Yeah. I, I don't know that like a running back you would draft in the eighth or ninth round. You wouldn't be better. I mean, it's also true. You know, yeah, it's yeah. also true. Yeah, again, yeah. value. It's about finding value. Because
2: yeah. I think I got Dalvin Cook pretty late. Yes, did you did. Really? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just he yeah. dropped.
1: Just kept dropping and dropping. Yeah. And dropping. I know. Like, I kept. Oh, you looking know why, cause at that. He's
2: probably going to get hurt, but well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But yeah. the way he played today. Yeah, I got Dalvin Cook deep.
0: He did pretty good Fuck. today, right? Yeah. yeah. He had a couple touchdowns. Yeah. It's probably the same round that I took my kicker. Yeah. It might have
2: been it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw a kicker go early. Yeah. I was like, someone got a kicker. You could have had Del. No, kicker. see, <laughs> my thing is, is that so I don't do any research, but I'm during it, like, I'm just like, oh my God, dude, I should have looked earlier. <laughs> I should have done something because 40 bucks, or, I mean, it's not a ton yeah. of money, but still, like, that's 40 bucks, right? That's meals for a week. Yeah. And I, uh, I saw a kicker go. I saw a kicker go. And I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> See, I that's what up, I'm actually doing. A mess I mess with you screw guys. Did I up somewhere? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Am I? Is, you there, start is there this one kicker you, that everyone's like, "Dude, take oh, him, sh- take that kicker early"? Because I disagree with taking Mahomes <laughs> in the first round, but third round, I would take. I would take Mahomes if he's available. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So and and I so totally, first round
2: is early, but second or third round, if he's still there, it's like, yeah, yeah. I I'll take Mahomes this early.
0: Yeah. and i i understand that my thing was i i always look and i get tricked a lot uh, obviously but like i look at projected points too and like when today started the projected points for mahomes it was like 32 my best running back was 22 right i was like i know that there's it's a it's a tidal wave or or a, or a placid lake but that was one of those things i was like well, i could get the guy that Threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns early, and again, I was number five, so there's nothing I'm going to do outside of that. I was like, ah, or a running back that every single time I picked a running back in the first round, they blow their ACL. See just the
2: thing, yeah. (laughs) And with 14 people in the league, I think, I don't know, man. There's some, so it's like, so I was thinking about this in light of the Ezekiel Elliott signing. It's like, dude, that's way too much money for a running back, but... You get those rare, like I would pay Saquon that much money in yeah. a second because they're that yeah. rare running back that it is. Too they're much worth it. For yeah, he's a goddamn back, Except for Zeke and Zeke
1: and Saquon, Saquon and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean that right. I mean yeah, running backs are a diamond. I mean you put a good offensive line and one of us could run for average for three yards, right? Yeah. Because mm. well, that was a whole Trent Richardson thing, right? Like remember the there was always these
0: pictures of him like here's the gap. Right. He's going the other way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exa- exa-
1: exactly, right? I mean, so, y- you know, like, you really don't need a lot of... You don't need to invest a lot at that position. But if you have one that's a game-changer, right? yeah. if you got yeah. Zeke, that you changes you everything. My problem with Zeke, the reason why I would balk at paying him that kind of cash, is that dude is does not block consistently. Yeah, and for that amount of money... You better be doing some blocking on pass coverage. does going to have to be,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Something. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I have nothing to add. The reason I keep looking back here is because I've had an episode lately that cut out, so uh, that's okay. why I'm looking right. back, and I'm just making sure. That once that keeps going,
1: I'll, I won't look yeah. back it's at all. It's so well, this is yeah, a good so far. Yeah, it's going good. <laughs> this is a good segue, actually, because I have a criticism of the podcast. Fuck off. And my, <laughs> my criticism is that there's no sponsorship. Not yet. And so I feel... I feel like we should uh, take this opportunity to try to get us some free stuff. Yeah. So, our poor fantasy football choices have been brought to you by <laughs> Rieger Whiskey. Rieger Whiskey, when you just need to make a really bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually asked somebody i not sure from you're Rieger. allowed to
2: do that, are you? Just mention the name of a, of a thing. Well, that's where the, we had our th-
0: fantasy
1: draft. I'm just recording yeah. yeah, historical. Yeah. And then you also have to come back with they're not, they're not sponsoring They're, they're not us. a sponsor. They're not sponsoring us. They're not, yeah. us. they're not a sponsor. But I would like for Rieger Whiskey to personally sponsor me because I feel like I've <laughs> given them enough money that I've personally sponsored them. <laughs> so I think that's only fair. I'm
2: not sure that's how it works. I have a question. Yeah, Whiskey yep. is amazing. Uh, <laughs> what is the name of this podcast?
0: Ten tabs open. Okay. So it started from a conversation with me and my brother, and uh, I was— That
2: sounds real bad, but <laughs> I don't know what this podcast is, what, is, what it's called.
0: No. Nah. here I am. The 10 Tabs Open Podcast. Uh, and the reason that I named it that was I was having a conversation with my brother, and I was looking to start a podcast, and I was like, I don't want to limit myself to who can come on here. I want it to pretty much be anybody that I find interesting or that has an interesting story behind them. So I was reaching out to all these people to bring them on, and uh, then I started thinking about it, and I was like, We were having that conversation, and he mentioned, he's like, every single time I'm on the computer, all of my windows are open. I was like, yeah, I pretty much have 10 tabs open all the time because my dumb ass goes into a rabbit hole. I'm just like, man, where do the Tennessee Titans get the name? Who owns the Tennessee Titans? What's the (coughs) best running back? Who was the last, what was the first person to do this? What was the person like? And I just go into that, and so by the time I open everything up, it's like I have 10 open, Mm -hmm. and I just attributed that to. I'm an idiot and go down a rabbit hole, but that also means that I'm interested in a bunch of different shit. So gotcha, if I do that, yeah, then yeah, yeah you're good to go. I always have to explain it, so now you're that's fine. That's this does bring
2: up another question I have, though, Fuck. is that no, no, this is not about the podcast, but this is. So a friend and I were talking the other day, and we we're wondering, and I saw a spider, and so so we we're wondering is that. So how high what are you? One <laughs> <year>. <laughs> I'm okay, I'm okay, okay, okay. There's, there's like estimates that you eat however many spiders in your sleep? I think yeah, it's three like, a year. Like, how yeah. do you know? Like, how would you empirically? Well, and, and it, so I wonder is that that's got to be a rabbit hole. Somebody I know has gone down, and I texted one person I thought had gone down it, and they had not. So, but well, still, it's saying Like, how, how would you?
0: Well and there's it's an average yeah. too, right? And that's the freakiest thing. It's like you know there are people that don't eat any.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know there are people that eat a, eat a hundred a year. I don't yeah. think I have. Yeah, I don't think I have. Oh, really? You just yeah. <laughs> you just
1: intrinsically know yeah, that nah. while you're sleeping spiders aren't getting sucked into your mouth.
2: Nah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Have you ever like pulled back the sheets and a spider runs by?
2: I don't know, maybe not
0: since college. <laughs> You have not lived in the middle of nowhere then Because I I see that more than More than once a year Like not more than like two times But one to two per year And every single time I see that Like I immediately kill the damn thing And go Oh no I know Oh and I hate spiders Like I'm Like I could grab a snake by the head And have no issue whatsoever Those don't bother me whatsoever Uh, But spiders I will If there was one right here I would run through the windows
1: And into the pond
2: yeah, they, they terrify me. I hate them.
1: Yep. I could handle that better than I could a snake. I hate snakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Snakes, no. I don't do snakes. They don't bother me at all. Okay, like yeah, when well, uh, Jones.
0: Let's say that to be fair, if there was like a rattlesnake ready to go, like I'd run away. I'd out. But just like, I mean, we we're, our lake house has tall weeds and a lake, like you see snakes and yeah. just like take them and launch them. Like whatever. It's not
1: not a big deal. No. <laughs> hard, hard pass on that. Fair
0: enough. Um, fair enough. I'm from California, so well, yeah. Really. But you also told me about well, the, yeah, we, all have snakes. The, we have Well weird. We have snakes, and you have a lot of needles. A lot of needles. <laughs> yeah, because you're not from certain. Not like, from a nice part of California. No, no, <laughs> no. you're from Nate Diaz, California. Yes, yes. <laughs> Stockton's <laughs> own Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. That's right. Yeah. He's every a, every a single time I hear he or his brother Nick like Stockton like Yeah, Stockton. Just like ah, oh, right. fucking my Corey oh. goddamn oh, yeah. it.
1: 209
0: <laughs> yeah. 209 yeah. 209 Goddamn it, it's area code. Yeah. Well, I figured well, I just much about that clear or something. In case 209 right. South
2: Main Street, baby. That's where we're from. <laughs> so one of these days, Mission to Corey, we're going to have a discussion about <laughs> <laughs> trashy people. So I'm from Topeka. Uh, oh, nice. And uh, lived in Monterra for a long time, and so a lot of trash. And we're, we're going to have a talk something about Stockton versus Topeka trash. And there's gotta be a lot of overlap. Versus
0: Sedalia trash.
1: Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Sedalia yeah. hey, trash. We both lived in Sedalia for Ooh. a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's pretty gross out there. <laughs> but yeah, no. It's well, you know, it's it's interesting actually. This is something that we've that Root and I have spent some time discussing here recently is because we we did this trip out to Pittsburgh. Right. And in Pittsburgh. You went to Pittsburgh? He was he was yeah. on the Pittsburgh trip. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, Pittsburgh, my God. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I know. Someone yeah. in my old. Not Pittsburgh, Kansas. We at,
2: were at Target. Uh, they were like, wait a minute. You going to Pittsburgh, Kansas? I was like, God, no. I'll go burn it down. But. Nah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm so excited and now. I'm it was so awesome. excited and for it was this. Amazing. I, I have
1: Ru- I, ha- I have regaled Alex with some <laughs> stories that are not podcast suitable. Oh, uh, they uh, might be. We, we won't be <laughs> sharing. But but when we were in Pittsburgh, we had and you know no offense to Pittsburgh because I think this would happen in any city that it was a beautiful city. It's a beautiful city. Si- yeah, yeah, actually, gorgeous. If you haven't been to Pittsburgh, I highly highly recommend back it. To, it back was to really awesome.
2: Walked by Heinz Field in my little lizard brain. Oh yeah, like, football. Football. When's football coming back? <laughs> mm. yeah. it,
1: but, um, but that's not when, the Pittsburgh. When you we guys were saw. in, when we were in, <laughs> yeah, we were at Heinz Field for like ten minutes. Um, when we were in Pittsburgh, we had this weird experience where we just sort of like kept running into people who were very different from us, right? And people who you know had not gone to college, people who worked like really you know blue collar jobs and 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 all of that is perfectly fine but it really we spent you know we were with other people who we'd gone to grad school with and so people who have like really strong feelings about like working class consciousness and mm-hmm. things like that and so we ended up spending a lot of the trips sort of being like do so here's this working-class person we've encountered in a really sort of strange way do they think of themselves in this way do they have any desire for their life to actually be better? That's interesting. Do they understand what better would even look like? Is, and this is, I think, the most important thing was as us, as, you know, people who are all academics, mm. w- is our conception of what a better life for them match with their conception of what a better life for them is. And so we really found ourselves, you want to talk about going down the rabbit hole, like really having these very deep philosophical conversations about a guy we encountered uh, at a restaurant who had like a crazy neck tattoo. And it's like, what? Oh,
2: yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah, yeah, like, What choices,
1: like what, what led you to this crazy neck tattoo? What does that mean (laughs) for your other life choices? Right. And then for the people that we encounter in our regular day life, who I think kind of tend to romanticize the working class, right. like, does their concept, like, how does their conception of the working class match his conception of working class? And it just, it, it got, especially in light of some of the conversations happening around right. the Democratic primary, yep. it turned into a really interesting conversation mm-hmm. that we'll yeah, in no sure, yeah, way yeah. be yeah. able to do justice to now. No, but I mean, it could, <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, it was yeah. kind of interesting huh? because we, you know, we all, uh, you know, I, I don't think we necessarily, you know, most of us work in education or, you know, or somehow, is, you know, tend to be kind of removed from that world. And yet when, when faced with it, it was kind of like, Whoa, this is not the way we've been discussing this. Right. And this now feels a little bit odd that makes sense. Root has a little it bit does. of a different perspective yeah. on that. Yeah, so
2: I've and I've had a number of like blue collar jobs. Yep. And yeah, no, I think the Toronto the size is problematic. Their problem is that what we experience a lot of times is an assumption that I know what they want. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. what's best for them. And so I worked at the Target distribution center in Topeka for a year. So I was loading trucks Was throwing shit on a conveyor belt, right? I've worked in warehouses before. I've been a painter. I've done custodial work. I've done carpet cleaning, and it's that I don't know. It's 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 I remember asking some of the guys at Target about unions, actually, Mm -hmm. and they were like, "Nah, I'm good. That this job, I don't like it, but I'm making enough money to." basically live a middle class life. Yeah. It's like I can go on vacation, I can pay for my kids to go to school. Uh, what else what else do I need? And you're like, Yeah basically what else what else is there? I think a lot of it comes down to is that it's a lot of people we know, we talk about these kinds of jobs. It's jobs they don't want to do mm-hmm. so they assume no one else wants to do them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and so it's <coughs> Yeah, I mean, cause I have nothing but sympathy, or at least a sense of empathy of the working class, right? Because um, I've I've been the I've had those jobs, but it's also there's no reason to come on a pedestal, right? Because right. In a lot of ways, one, you shouldn't, and <laughs> for a lot of reasons, and yeah. two, it's like, well, you know, they've achieved what we want, which is the middle class dream. They can buy a house, they can own a car. They can put their kids through school. One guy had been there for a while, and he's like, "You know what? What, what happened with us is that we took family vacations. I never could. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm fine working here. Yeah. Nah. I mean, it's just so interesting that if anything, it's it gets back to the it should give strength to the Frankfurt Frankfurt theory of capitalism, <laughs> right? Because the Frankfurt theory is basically that." The problem of capitalism is consumerism because that's what makes people dull is mm. consumption. Because if you can buy stuff, you can watch TV. Yep. That's what we've created. It's a good life when really your life sucks, right? Well, uh,
0: and isn't it wonderful that that's like 45 to 55% of our GDP? Right, yeah.
2: And that's the Frankfurt theory. It's like until you can, or part of it is until you can undermine consumption, mm-hmm. you're never going to have a working class revolution now um because I can go to Walmart and buy sixteen inch plasma t v I can buy a home right what's more of the good life than that yeah um until you so until you get rid of that it's there's no
1: there's it, no it was just it was a uh, an interesting experience yeah. because after having been you know being trained historians and on a trip with other strai- trained historians yeah, yeah, yeah and so much of of that is sort of focused on this very Marxist perspective of class consciousness and mm-hmm. socioeconomics playing into the decisions that you make and then sort of being confronted. And I want to say one thing before you continue, yeah. and I apologize no, for no, interrupting no, you, ahead. but
0: when you say, and just because I know, like, I see the oh, people that, re- yeah, yeah, when you no, talk about Marxist, it's... Yeah. Keep going, but just explain that part. Okay. (laughs) Good call. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not a Marxist, but I use Marxist theory. Well, yeah, and that's what we (laughs) hit on in the last podcast. And I thought you outlined it really well. I just want to make sure that anybody that's listening to just this understands. Yeah,
1: so it's just the idea that your economic life, where you are economically, uh, has a significant impact on your understanding of the world. But simply, you have money or you don't. And yeah, if if you have money, it changes. You have a different outlook than if you yeah. don't have money, 100 right? And and that's kind of what it boils down. And and you know, Marx basically says that all of history can be understood through understanding these differences in material wealth.
2: Yeah, and he's not wrong.
1: Yeah, and he's, and not no, wrong. he's not wrong <laughs> at all. Okay. No, not wrong. Yeah. So this is and you're ta- like, and I brought this up too. Like yeah. You're talking to
0: a like a former libertarian candidate. Like I'm not. In any way, shape, or form, like a socialist. But Jesus Christ, when you were explaining that, I was like, oh, but yeah, that's, that's true, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So this, this is actually, this is one of those weird
1: things about like uh, you know like academics, right? Is like you know you would of course you would describe yourself as a Marxist because why wouldn't economics play into your worldview but right. and then you go a little bit I, further and you're like no, what i don't mean by being a marxist is that i want to like you know go kill bourgeoisie scum yeah. and bathe yeah, in yeah, their yeah, blood yeah. and over like that's not what i'm talking because, about spoiler yeah.
2: alert, most of the marxists we know are the bourgeoisie yeah i mean yeah. well and that's capitalism has done them well that also
1: played into our discussion you know so so you have this weird dynamic that happens within the halls of academia where the working class is sort of put on this pedestal in so much of history in particular but it happens in political science and sociology and basically everywhere in the arts and humanities is really focused on like sort of understanding the plight of the working class, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of this discussion is fueled by people who've never done these jobs before. Yeah. You know, you look at Roots experience, you know, in college I worked in a lumber yard. I I mean, you know, recently delivered packages for Amazon. I mean, you know, by no means am I not a member of the working class or at least working class adjacent at this point in my life. Right. But those conversations are so fractured from that reality Mm. and then it was interesting that on this trip we kept coming into contact with people who forced us to have these discussions Mm. and it was really really interesting was it when you were on the trip and you were having these conversations was it
0: uncomfortable or was it eye-opening was it both like what what how, how do you how do you justify that because i i Maybe justify is not the right word, but it's like you're you're having the conversation of like, here's what's going on, but that's gotta be a little uncomfortable because you have your own perceptions and then you don't know what they're saying. It depends. This trip
2: was good enough dudes that it never got uncomfortable. Yeah. It can. But it can. Yeah, that, that, that discussion.
1: But it was, in some, yeah. in some ways, it was sort of odd because we would walk away from an interaction with somebody and then we would break down their whole life as if we actually knew anything about yeah. them. Yeah. Right, we would draw these assumptions based off of a 10, 15-minute interaction or observation of them. Mm-hmm. And so that was odd. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we... You, we couldn't I mean like I think most of us on the trip we'd walk away from these moments and be like uh, no. I think we've gotten something Kinda, like a little yeah, bit wrong but I'm
2: just I mean maybe but I'm just I mean so I think I remember these interactions but I don't but I'm so used to being around that class right. culture that for me right. it's just like eh whatever right it's, yeah. it's just different and I can talk and interact and it's yeah I just I don't even think about it right it's i can switch on and off yeah. which is sounds terrible i had all these different mm-hmm. modes right sure. we're, we're gonna at target right it was very different there than i am here i would have been in right. a graduate but class because it's i can like but i'm comfortable enough around the blue collar types that it's i can just easily just yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's so what's interesting is uh let me get back to this but i wanted to bring up i don't know so alex mentioned uh kind of when Corey explained Marxism, that one of my favorite discussions I have with students is, this was what Marx said, We there's no disagreeing, right? Is that mm-hmm. his critiques of capitalism are 100% on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but absolutely. But it's like, how do we now wrestle with that? As people in this classroom, are probably generally capitalists, right? Like you have some who are libertarian-leaning capitalists, and you have mm-hmm. New Deal, kind of liberal, Democrat-leaning capitalists, but how do you... Basically, what it comes down to is, how okay are all of us with inequality?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. how okay are are, are you comfortable with it?
1: Well,
0: what's your understanding of inequality?
2: Economic economic inequality. Yeah, and, no,
0: and no, and I I one hundred percent agree with you. And I but I think part of the discussion has to be what is your understanding oh, of right. what inequality actually means? Because I I think that especially right now we have so many people that push on a constant basis what inequality looks like as opposed to what inequality is and right. so you have a population of, and I'm just going to limit this to the United States well you you have a population of 330 million people with 330 million different opinions and they're being impressed upon by television personalities and television right. itself so I don't I don't think we actually really understand what inequality looks like I mean we're sitting here in a in a new construction home in an unfinished basement we have no idea like We've probably seen, but we have really no idea what the worst of the worst looks like. Yeah, no, and yeah, I, I think totally, that when totally, yeah. when you see the worst of the worst, like I mean, I have a family member that's a that's a, a police officer, and it's not it's not a typical everyday thing, but it's like he sees some really bad stuff. Yeah, and we yeah. don't ever get exposed to that. So, oh. you trying to understand everybody else's opinion is really difficult. No, for on sure. any side,
1: you know, and historians have sort of this running debate between, you know, it kind of all history more or less boils down to a couple different camps, and they more or less get along except there's two camps that really don't, and that's social historians and cultural historians.
2: And there should not be a fight. But and there should not be a fight. Can you, you describe that for me? Because yeah, I, I don't yeah, know what,
1: no, yeah. So social historians study what you are in reality. Okay. Right, so, you know, you you make this much money, you live in this neighborhood, you're this ethnicity, you're this education, right? You are You're this. a number. You're this. You're you're basically a number, right? Yep. Boils you down mm-hmm. to your measurables yep. to a large extent, right? Okay. That, that's a little bit simplistic, but it, it's kind of headed in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. Cultural historians try to understand what you think you are. Oh, that's got to get difficult. And that, incre- well, it is. It's difficult because, first of all, you can't really prove it yep. right that that's one of the problem you know cultural historians argue endlessly among themselves because it's so open for interpretation but this comes back to the whole issue of class right is like historians social historians in, in particular will look at the working class and identify them as a singular being that is at the bottom of our socioeconomic rung that needs to be rescued by intellectual elites Right. Whereas a lot of times cultural historians will have the experience Root had, which was, well, the dude at the Target warehouse, you know, thinks that he's living a middle class lifestyle and is comfortable and he thinks of himself as being middle class. So by virtue of thinking that he is middle class. Mm -hmm. And so that discussion about working class for him is kind of moot. Yep. Does that make sense? So, well, he it's it's his perceived reality. That's exactly right. Yeah.
2: So I think the difference is that, so a big difference, so maybe to make this easier, yeah, not easier, but... No, please make it I easier. I, I don't consider myself so an intellectual. A <laughs> debate, so a debate with the social and cultural historians would be, when talking about class, mm-hmm. like is it, do you understand it materially? Like is it a certain income yeah. level? Or is class a intellectual, religious kind of... Um, construct that is it more of these intangibles, subjective experience, and so the way I've talked about it is my answer is always yes, right? Yep. It is all <laughs> it's all those things, yep. right? Uh, that it is this cultural understanding of class that I'm middle class, and so I have a nuclear family, I right? Home, right. I have two cars, I go to church, and that's what I means middle class, mm-hmm. right? That's those are middle class bourgeois values. Um, economically, you may not make whatever, however, whatever number being counter actuary nerds have crunched numbers to be middle class numbers. And so some when you may want to understand the debate is that the, that yes, Corey, you're right, that the middle class or the working class may say, oh, I'm middle class. Right. And a social center will say, well, no, they're not because they don't meet this criteria. Like, yeah, well, they understand themselves as middle class, and the same kind of values of the middle class, and so they are, I guess, middle class, and so, but then that's where we would then say, as I think it's why cultural historians end up being better, so to speak, is that it's like, oh, you know, those, that material still matters. Right. That material totally matters, which is how pervasive culture is, that how pervade that cultural right. contracts of class matter way more than your actual material.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Real ki- value. And this kind of goes back to the guy with the horrendous neck tattoo that we ran into mm. on this trip. It was, you know, really, when you start to think about it, we looked at that as just a purely economic... We looked at that sort of from a social historian's perspective like wow you're really limiting yourself economically by getting this gargantuan ugly ass <laughs> it was bad. neck tattoo. I mean no. it was r- it was a really bad tattoo, <laughs> on top of being on his neck. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was. It wasn't like he had it right here, no, like on his chest no, where he could hide it. Yeah. It's a terrible tattoo, right on his neck, seared into but he's my like, memory. I am the
0: best fucking welder. In but Pittsburgh. that's
1: that's what it was. It was the the thing that we weren't recognizing at the moment that we came into contact with it was that for whatever culture it is that he is inserting himself into, whatever identity. That neck tattoo plays a role in that. Yeah. And so here we were discounting it, thinking only from an economic perspective, yeah. when in reality it's fueled by something completely different that we don't get.
0: Right. Yeah. And if – just pause. Sure. If you're smelling that, that's because we made pizza last night, and that's what the smoke no. is. That's right. <laughs> the, house, the house is burning down. Yeah, the house is not burning down. <laughs> it will be the it, last podcast. It's, it's if I yeah. – <laughs> the world can only hope no. <laughs> no but that's 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 probably my fault up there so that's you, you can't hear it if you're listening but that's what it is I, I think it's really interesting to hear your guys' perspective on it because like i grew up like my father was a floor installer sure so i was around new construction resale everything and that was my entire life and understanding literally before i got involved in like musical theater which talk about a mind fuck that's pretty much the definition of it yeah. sure <laughs> But it, it was really interesting to me because I had several very strange interactions on construction sites where guys would contradict themselves and not really get it. Mm-hmm. And several times the um, – I'm holding this because it's going to shoot up in a second. But um, several times what would happen is they would say, like, if I would have started my career in a union, I would have been lucky.
3: But, but I don't unions.
0: do that, but fuck unions. Yeah. And that was the weirdest yeah. thing. And like everybody, you know, and up to and including myself, because I didn't understand what I was talking about because I was like sixteen. But like everybody up to and including me, everybody around the site was like, no, I would totally have been a part of a union thirty years ago, mm-hmm. but fuck them because they tried to just, you know, bring the cost up and we're actually here and we're gonna work on it. Yeah. And the strangest thing for me was even at the time. If you're just listening to it and you don't have any, there, there's no chips involved, you don't really see the negative on either side. It's like, I get your side, 100%. If you're trying to work and you're just trying to earn a dollar and you're not a part of a union, you can undercut their costs because they don't have to be a part of anything. Sure. Or you don't have to, fantastic. If you are a part of a union and you have to do what you have to do, but you know there are benefits involved. Yeah, I completely totally, understand. Yeah, totally, yeah. And I think – and again, I'm not smart enough, and I have not done the research that you guys have, but I see something that is – and again, I think this is more – I have an issue with the fact that we're so divided overall mm-hmm. in this regard. But you have two people that are trying to go to the exact same level, and they're having the exact same conversation, but they're not yeah. willing to put in the work to actually think through it. And if you're talking about being an intellectual, you can say, well, I believe this, I believe this – but what you're really looking at are two people that kind of agree in the same way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And can't get through it. But identity is a weird thing, man, and it's complex and it doesn't necessarily make sense and it doesn't, you know. And that was what was, I think, so interesting about this trip. You know, you took five guys who all went to grad school together, mm-hmm. all have essentially the same training, more or less. We've all read the same book. I mean, like, yeah. you know, we all talk in the same language, and and our roles in society are you know, widely different and, you know, with jobs that run from the, you know, from academic to, you know, working class gigs. Mm -hmm. And yet by virtue of our education, we've largely inserted ourselves into an intellectual bubble. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was sort of interesting for the five of us to encounter people we wouldn't normally encounter and together And then have these conversations about them and kind of what it boils down to is like, you know, it's really, really hard to account for human behavior.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: And we've tried to account and we we try to account for these things in our politics and we have a lot of discussions in our politics that I don't know are necessarily valid, I guess is what I I would Mm -hmm. get at because there are such wide conceptions of what success means mm-hmm. and trying to boil that all down to economics or all down to a particular style of living yeah it becomes really problematic yeah. yeah yeah i mean like not to get too
0: into it but like when you look at our current president and you see this is a guy who is worth at minimum several hundreds of millions of dollars at maximum several billions of dollars but I don't think the ab- – and this is the weirdest thing about what just happened when he got elected was I don't think the average blue-collar goes-to-church-every-Sunday person would normally look at somebody like that and say that's a good person in the sense that he doesn't live the quote-unquote moral life that somebody else would – in yeah. that particular position would see that as.
1: you know. But they did. I, I'm, Anyone – <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna defer to Root on this one because since Root studies evangelicals.
2: Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Can yeah, you? Yeah. Wait, wait,
1: wait. You study evangelicals? I do. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, another, so is this the transition? I'm get
2: another Coors Light. Yeah. Get it. I it's right there. Yeah. Pop it, baby. So,
0: no, because I wanna. We we can have this conversation while you get your beer.
1: So
2: l-
0: little known. No, hell yeah. Little known. Can you grab um, me one too, please?
2: At
1: the University of Missouri. We have one of the. Which f- is the best school ever? Obviously. The f- We have one of the finest historians of American religious history. Yeah. (laughs) We have one of the greatest living historians of American religion, Dr. Wigger. John Wigger. John Wigger. By his book,
2: PTL. Yeah, buy his book PTL.
1: And uh, this this used to be a negative term. This was yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It
2: still is. Buy his book. This was really Please please buy it. John Wigger PTL. uh, PTL. Rise and fall. Shouldn't you
1: be trying to pimp out your own book? It's not out for a while. What is your book? But
2: what is your book? It's gonna be right now. It's titled Oral Roberts in the in the. I should know the time I own book uh, oral, oral <laughs> Roberts. I know it Oral Roberts and the birth of the prosperity gospel. There we go. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Ru,
1: I mean, like I've wondered, you know, I've been kind of saving this question for the podcast. Yeah. Like, what is your take on why evangelicals are willing to put up with Trump's behavior that is so clearly out of line with their expectations for every other politician? Who's it's, come never,
2: it's never been about that. It's always been about power. Oh shit! It, We're getting that, into it now. They wanted power, and Donald Trump promised power, and well, and that's what he, he exemplifies. Yeah, yeah, he gave him power, right? He said, "I'm gonna pick the right Supreme Court justice. I'm going to do whatever. Bring back Christmas, whatever the hell else." Now it comes down to power. It's never about right living or wrong living. It's they Trump offered, promised power, and they took it. Yeah, it's idolatry basically. Go down through their idolatry; they always have been. Excuse I.
0: Me. I think it's really. Yep,
2: power. That's it. Power.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's an interesting thing because so somebody that I I never ever ever used to listen to, but when I I've and I I think I say this enough where I I try not to be a weird person about about I I've never voted for a Missouri governor that was Republican. Because I I like the fact that if Holy we haven't yeah I I never have I've always would have me- I've always would have heard Democrat because you're raising your eyebrows like this dude yeah I can't, <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> it <laughs> no I never have and the reason that I haven't is because we have been on the right so much within the legislature that it terrifies me and this is whether it's f- uh, federal or, or or state it always terrifies me when one side has all the power. Yeah, no, I hear that. It freaks me out. So I, even though I was like, I don't like Jay Nixon, I was like, ah, I'm going to yeah. vote for him because I – this eh, – whatever. God. Yeah. But yeah. I've done that, and with Trump's situation, I looked at it, and I saw both sides and just was like, ah, no. I, I This is the first time I can't – I just have to tap out.
2: Ah, uh, you <laughs> – yes, I understand, but –
0: I get it. You're part of the problem. I know. Well, yeah. you would say that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I tapped out and I voted third party. No. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I thought you were about to tell us you voted for Trump. Never mind. You're fine. No, no, no. Sarah. No, I, I voted part third party. You. You're part of the problem, but less guilty. Don't do yeah. third
2: party in 2020.
1: <laughs> I'll probably. I'll vote for you can't. Trump. No,
2: I'm kidding. You can't. <laughs> you can't do third party in 2020.
0: No, I have no idea what's going to happen in 2020. You can't. If, if Biden goes, here, here's how I felt if let me break down my situation in 2016. Bernie was going and I've been on record for this and I think I told you this too. It's like I disagree with Bernie at pretty much every level. Sure. I was going to vote for him cuz I was like fantastic nothing will get done for 4 years. Basically. Yeah. I was like fantastic. I'll I'll vote for that guy I disagree with him completely. Let's do it. And then he lost. I was like, well, I don't I hate everybody right now. And I was watching election night, and I was just—it's going to sound bad, but I felt like uh, what is it? Nero was. Oh yeah, big yeah. time playing yeah. his fiddle. Yeah. yeah, playing his fiddle while yeah. Rome burned. That's how I felt personally because I was just like, ever like I was laughing my ass off just because I nobody predicted it. Well, it wasn't supposed to
3: happen. <laughs> was supposed to happen. It was the weirdest
0: thing. <laughs> it's like how was it? And it wasn't like to me. It wasn't Trump. Like to me, the big thing was like if Trump dies, it's Pence how
1: does that work out <laughs> well i mean think about the what this says about america that half of our country or you know you want to quibble over the numbers 49.5% yeah, whatever okay. yeah whatever it's half our country half our country is so pissed off about the way that things are going that that's who they voted for
2: well and they're fine voting with an outright unapologetic uh, unapologetic racist
1: well, part Based. of what they're pissed off about is not being able to be a racist anymore, right? I mean, yeah, for, like, yeah, a portion yeah. of that group...
0: I will say yeah. a portion.
1: I won't not, say all. No, not no. Cer- <laughs> certainly not all of them, right? But, like, largely it's sort of a reaction to where we are. And there are various reasons why people are reacting. Some of them are reacting because of what they view as political correctness. and I do think a lot of people got sold on a...
0: Wi- like, they got sold by a salesman on something that they didn't think they bought. Here's what I mean. When it came out that I apologize for interrupting no, you. No, no, go god. The the trillion plus deficit that was mm-hmm. announced a couple of months ago, I literally saw that on television I was like, "Well, f- fucking yeah. Like yep. you can't <laughs> yeah. Like I I'm not yeah. a big fan of taxes. Again, Rand is a libertarian. Still cannot believe that everybody was like, Well, I can't believe we have a trillion dollar deficit. It's like, you, dude, fucking, really? 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 We would have had that doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what happened. And it was like, Well, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, we've got to protect ourselves. From fucking who? Mexico? Like, yeah, Mexico, yeah, from yeah. Mexico, the the country that we put a trade tariff up, and two days later they went, yeah, whatever you want to say.
2: Yeah, that massive, that massive army that's going to invade. But yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Guatemalan
1: like, children. Yeah, well, it's like? Think about gonna, like yeah, Iraq had us. the fourth
0: largest military in the entire world. We beat them in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> we shouldn't have even been there, but they had the fourth largest military. Pretty much ever because the ever is now. Right, and sure. And we beat them in two weeks. We don't have a lot to worry about. And now we have a trillion dollar deficit because we needed an increase in military spending and a tax cut for what people think is a tax cut, but is really not a tax cut for them.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. I, at, at least yeah. for most of us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah for most of us. <laughs> I think my paycheck went up like fifteen dollars. Was try. it awesome? Which is great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was that per week or per month, though? Uh,
1: I think that was about per month. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, about $15 per month. God so, it. yeah, yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah nothing like a trillion-dollar deficit this, to piss me off. This six-pack of Boulevard's Bob's 47 <laughs> has been brought to you by a The Deficit. <laughs> man, dude. A trillion dollars, man. <laughs> One trillion dollars.
0: I'm about to suicide myself because you're sponsoring our deficit by that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> well, it, you know, and then you look at a guy like Yang, right? Who's running, and he's like, you know, I'm going to cut everybody a check for a thousand dollars a month, and people are like, that's crazy. It's like, but is that really crazy? As crazy as what's going on? I mean, is that that's not as crazy it's as not, where we're that at that right now? I mean, in a lot of ways, it again, makes I, a hell of a lot more sense of what we're yeah. doing right now. Yeah. Right? I'll spend that. I'll spend I'll that. I'll spend shit. that like a I'll mofo.
0: It, yeah. Well, but when you look at what happened under Bush, when he was like sending checks out, like please I still vote check. for us. Uh, yeah. A lot of yeah. did. I gotta check. It,
1: you know what I, I did put it but, toward rent. Actually, yeah,
0: my well, model was, that's good. At least you put it towards yeah, rent. I put it toward like, rent. Yeah, most people day. are like, uh, everything's dying. I'm just gonna save it. Well,
2: you know, it's <laughs> no. I would have spent it. I'm very bad of money. Once I get a little it, bit of money, I spend it.
1: It's funny because my my reaction. So I got two checks from Bush. I got one for three hundred dollars and then one for five hundred. Because I, I may, because I I may have gotten two. In a weird way, I made same. enough money for the second check. Which why are you sending hey. checks to people who make enough? But anyway <laughs> um, Oh, because oh, that's a Republican. God damn it. Because <laughs> at the time... Right, it shouldn't be coming from them. Right. Be, uh, because at the time... This I, is the party thought, that I've always been affiliated I with. I thought sorry, George sorry. Bush was a bad president. At the time, I thought George Bush was a bad president. My, I've recalibrated You're what I right. think is bad. Right, <laughs> right. yeah. But, you know, I mean, mediocre, uh. mediocre <laughs> is different from bad, right? At the time, I was so pissed off at him for doing this because I thought it was so stupid that I intentionally spent... Every dollar of that in Mexico. Both times I got the check, I took myself to Tijuana for the weekend, and I had a great time. This is the most, like, moral hazard economic
0: argument you could possibly have. It's like, you cannot control what somebody is going to no, do with money. Can't. What the fuck are you doing just trying to push this on I
2: somebody? I most people spent it. Well, was you were there, supposed to spend there it. Is there numbers on that? How many people spent it versus... Well, no most spent it, because...
1: Actually, the, I don't know. I
2: a lot of people, I like. If I get any extra money, I spend it. Which the is last why, time you know, I saw I'm something, I'm in a hard place right now. Is that yeah. I wasn't paying rent for a year and <laughs> making a lot of money, and I don't have a whole lot to yeah to, to See, claim. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: what you get for serving our community for spending money. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I like like for, for yeah. yeah. I,
1: I think <laughs> most people ended up. Just putting it towards their mortgage is what I think the research shows. If they still had one because they – Well, yeah. right, because it happened at the same time as <laughs> – Yeah.
2: Just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost the exact same time.
1: So it makes sense, right? That's yeah. your last ditch effort. Your last, like, yeah.
2: 400 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so let's let's talk about that for just one second because my argument at the time was fuck the banks and we'll figure it out. And a lot of people were like, no, we have to keep them around because they're holding all the mortgages. Oh, I Yeah. That and, was clearly not correct. Uh, it, well, it was like, yeah, you, well, you're you're you broke Earth. It would You been broke a, the planet, basically. It would have been
2: a lot worse if, we, if they hadn't built them out, though.
1: Yeah, that's what I think too. That's way,
2: I wonder about it that. it way worse, which is the worst thing about it. It's like, yeah, what do you want? Is that it's you had to do it right? You had to bail them out, as shitty as it is. Things have been way worse if those if they went too big to fail. So like, yeah, well, no, they fucked. So many people Oh yeah, intentionally, well, right? They yeah, knew right. what they were. They knew what they were doing was unethical, yeah. and that at the end, they would be saying like They knew it. They yeah. knew that. Listen, it was gambling. What's gonna happen. They know they're going to bail us out, yeah. and if they don't, then we're still. But they're not going to. it. Right? They, they knew it's going to happen, and it's. You had to. You had to give them the money. That there was I, no choice.
0: I, I want to say that It'll fall apart. Every part of me says like ways, we should, and every part of me is worse. like mm, mm, mm. no, you know you, mean, know, you no not, longer get. I'm to I'm not make an that
2: economist, decision. but it's also like nah, I think.
1: Well, it is we funny can't, we because can't let those
2: it, fail. You just you just couldn't.
1: This whole thing <sighs> just demonstrates the degree to which we are dumb. Well, we, you know it, it's funny <laughs> because at the same like the way that academics and progressives hold up the working class, right? You have conservatives who hold up capitalism. Yeah. Right. And and except that. The large economic entities actually don't operate under capitalism because they know that they're always going to get rescued if they make poor choices.
0: Right. And the people that vote for people that back up those entities don't realize. what They're backing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The people that normally vote on my side, my side of the spectrum. Don't realize why, like what they're voting on.
1: No, not at all. Yeah. And that's that's. If what's you want to get your phone, you can. Led to all of these. I <laughs> uh, will. I'm about to make a <laughs> point here. But that's that's what's led to a lot of these. You know, we're kind of back where we were, right? We're headed towards a recession. Yeah. You think? There, there. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. yeah. There'll probably be a bubble of some sort, right? Student
2: loans. Probi- the student, <laughs> student, loan student loans are going to be a big right? issue eventually.
1: Yeah. And and then we're going to find ourselves right back in the same situation with a different issue. But it you know, there's no reason why it couldn't be a housing bubble because certainly we've seen housing prices go nuts, yeah insane. I mean even in Kansas City, they're insane,, no. but all of this happened. the government bailed it out, and then there were zero changes made to the way in which these industries operate. There was no regulation nope.
2: I tried, mean, that's insane. Right? They tried. Yeah, like yeah, we'll do a little bit, but ultimately. But no,
1: no, you know, no it, real meat behind it. No, no real motifs. meat. I mean, you no, know, a lot nothing. of the no teeth. Yeah. A lot of the financial instruments that were banned for causing it were just renamed to something else and are now back. You know, yeah. so it, it, we're exactly where we were before. Yeah, the only
0: reason I don't think that we're and I will one hundred percent give you that we may not be heading towards a recession. The only thing that I have to say is like we were so far down. Like, when you take a 20-year tract of things, it's fairly normal. It's yeah. about 4 to 7%.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely true. But, it's I mean, like, at ah. some point, we, we've been growing for so long, there's no way that we're not going to experience... Well, we're going for so long, but we cut the market something.
0: in... Something. Half, or more than half. We were at 15,000. We went down to, like, four.
1: But now we're at 26, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know, last week. But. In, until Trump says the next stupid thing. Yeah,
2: there's going to be a recession soon.
1: Or, and
0: again, libertarian thing coming out, or the Fed is just like, we really need to lower rates. And the whole market goes, why the fuck are you lowering rates? This makes no sense whatsoever. Right. And then everything tanks.
1: Well, right. I mean, (laughs) recessions and depressions are totally man-made. Yeah. Right, there's nothing that says that you can't have continued economic growth. A lot of what ends up creating these yeah. things is the expectation. Right. The speculation, yeah. The speculation yeah. that there will be limited growth or no growth right. sometime in or the future. Or you think that you're going to get 20% returns out of China for 40 years. Yeah, from. that's not going
0: to yeah, happen. Yeah. You no. know what? Do you, Hey,
2: yeah, it will. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they work, work for Enron Natural Gas, ain't going to work for most people. Right, <laughs> yeah.
1: But let me tell you a little something about a recession. Let me tell you about Enron, too. Because... <laughs> I've recently <laughs> been openly advocating the return to a recession. <laughs> Happy hour has Please gotten don't. too damn expensive. Please don't. Please <laughs> don't. We need to go back. <laughs> we need just a small period of recessionary. You, I
0: like you, that you, you, you want like a two-month recession. Like a two-month recession.
2: You have a secure job. No I recession. do. I have a secure job. so I, I don't. I need no <laughs> recession. Yeah, just, no, a, no. just a little little one. It's any worse for me now. Just a nice
1: nice little tiny one. Kind of knock the shit out. A happy hour? (laughs) I mean, what is going on? You can't. Happy hour doesn't exist anymore. I miss it. It (laughs) it doesn't.
0: But I think that has more to do with rent prices, like we were talking about earlier. Well,
1: it's all interconnected, right? Oh, it's hundred percent
0: interconnected. Yeah, I feel like we just bought our latest rental property, and they were like, "Yeah, we were getting this much for Airbnb and this much for rent." And I was looking at it like, "Okay, cool. That seems like a great rental price." And so I just thought. I'm going to put it on the market for more. And 35 applications later, it's like, I should have asked for more. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Insane. And that's Kansas City right now,
1: which is insane. Cause and it's, it's everybody, not,
0: too. It's not just Kansas City, but, but Kansas
1: City isn't supposed to operate this way. No. Right? This is supposed to be a cheap place to live. No, it's
0: just everybody like, everything's fine. We're good. Everything's yeah. good. Nothing, See? nothing to worry about here. This
1: is why we need a recession. I, I strongly advocate Wh-
0: who you liberal douche who, <laughs> who among the presidential
1: candidates is openly calling for a recession they have my vote none Let's of them uh, 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 the democrats, bill maris the democrats actually yeah. Yeah. they will yeah.
2: they won't so bad well, yeah. they
1: they want one for electionary they'll win purposes. Yeah. They'll win in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, they they'll want a Jimmy Carter win. kind of thing because going. On. Right, It's right. yeah. called a reverse Jimmy Carter. <laughs> they might win anyway. but... That sounds like a sexual maneuver. By the way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A recession. A re- they'll win for sure for recession. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Because oh, well, yeah. Trump has nothing to stand which I'm
2: on. Fine with, which I'm fine with. I'm fine if there's a recession. Oh, then it God, gets I'm him not fine with it. Gets him out of it. I'm fine. Like I.
0: I, I'm not fine with the recession. Man I man
2: get I lunatic. get the mentality. That man's a lunatic. I I know. <laughs> like I I, I, don't def- I didn't fucking vote for him. I'm not defending him. Also, recession, selfishly, and that would screw me, and I don't have a secure job, and I, no, I need I something. You can come live in my
1: unfinished basement. It'll be fine. <laughs> I
2: actually, is there enough I've seen space i there to make it to an <laughs> in-law kind of basement? <laughs> it's more <laughs> of Maybe, a yeah.
0: do-you-want-to-die-tomorrow kind of unfinished basement, I think, isn't it? Is Wait.
1: it nice? Uh, no. <laughs> no, see? There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the gunshots at night are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the neighborhood's great. It's on its way up. Every got a coffee single, house. Every single time I drive to your house or to that neighborhood,
0: like when we went to Rieger, it was like, Rieger is a beautiful building. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. I cannot say enough about that building. Every single time I drive past that particular intersection. Yeah. I'm like, ah. I like I I like Corey's <laughs> like Cor- like Cor- like Cori- like neighborhood. So. Wait, yeah, the no, yeah, it's a nice yeah, neighborhood. I I like but the really way
2: GPS fucking takes me. Yeah, <laughs> no, it took me. Yeah, to it's have some sketch places today. Like, <laughs> I don't care. It is. Or, a, yeah, it is I a great shit.
1: neighborhood, but you know, it, it's. I just don't want you guys to die. <laughs> we're not. I don't. I don't <laughs> think we're gonna die. Nah, you're not. You're fine. <laughs> but it is. You know, and this sort of gets back to like that discussion earlier. Is that there's, we we you know. We are gentrifiers, and we live in a neighborhood that's probably half gentrifier, and so the community is half gentrified. Yeah. But then next to it, there are neighborhoods that are zero percent gentrified, and a lot of the the conflict that happens between these two groups is that expectation of what people. You know, it, it's like w- we regularly will drive down Independence Avenue here in Kansas City and it'll be like what the fuck is wrong with these people? You know, get off the curbside, go get yourself in a drug rehab program. Like get your shit figured. Like don't you want more out of life than this? Yeah, and then you're like
0: wait, what drug rehab program can we get into? Yeah. Oh, and
1: it's like <laughs> oh, things
2: aren't that easy. No,
1: things aren't that easy and also, you know, I, I you know, I don't know. It, it's it's a weird It's weird because you look – you know, a lot of times living in our neighborhood, I feel like the textbook version of the 1910s progressives who were trying to impose this middle-class lifestyle on everybody in America. And it was very – this, you know, very waspy idea of what life should be like. You're not talking about –
2: Teddy, hate, are you? I hate progressives, no. so... Yeah, Teddy, Teddy's yeah, one of them. Yeah, Teddy's man. one of them, for sure. God damn it. But <laughs> it's, I hate progressives. But
1: it's like... But I, I understand sort of where they're coming from now in a way that I didn't before because I live in the middle oh of yeah, the city no, I, and there's yeah. decay everywhere. And you're like, why won't you people just figure this out? You know? And so I, I get it, but on the other hand, it is like I, I do the same thing. If I, if I stop and think about it, I'm like, I'm just as bad as they were. I'm no better. No. Because no, I'm imposing this idea of what everybody else should be doing Mm -hmm. based on my own life experience and life trajectory and goals in life. And they're not adhering to my expectations of what our neighborhood should be like. And then that pisses me off. And that's not really fair, especially for the people who've been there a hell of a lot longer than I've been there. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a
0: very, very strange socioeconomic situation that goes on when you're on those border communities. Yeah. It's ugly. Yeah. Well, it's 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 ugly, and it's it's one of those things that you want to face the truth, and you think that like I'm going to face the truth, and we're going to talk about this, we're going to be honest about it. The um, that documentary, I think the first time you came on the podcast, I was talking about the um, our divided city. It was about the truce divide. Mm, yeah. One of the weirdest things about the documentary was they interviewed. Uh, it was a it was a it was somebody who had lived on the east side of 71 Highway for decades. And he was talking about – it's fine. There's IPA up there. My beer. I thought we had more beer. I think, think he drank us out of beer. Uh.
3: And, you know. I
0: just want to make sure that everybody knows that. Um, but, no, it was the weirdest thing because it was – I think it's called Our Divided City, but he was talking about, like, what destroyed that urban core mm-hmm. area, and it was not something I expected. And it was a very strange moment because you're like, I'm not a terrible person – He's not a terrible person. We're just dis- discussing this as as, mm-hmm. as intelligent people. It's like, what destroyed this community? And this man, who had lived there for decades, looked at the camera or looked at the individual that was talking to him and said, the end of segregation. It's yeah. Like, oh, no. And I talked to um, the first person I had on the podcast. I asked uh, Bob Kendrick from yeah, the Negro yeah. League Baseball Museum. I asked him about that. I was like, "I don't want to sound like the idiot, dumb white guy in the room." But what do you think? And he was like, "Duh! What the fuck? Like yeah, the moment no, that you absolutely. can go." And it was like, "That's that's a weird moral argument. Like, that's a very strange situation to be in as right. somebody in in our position. Yeah. Let's say, <laughs> like, what? I mean, I, I'm I'm just gonna
1: step out of this argument, but I have no idea what to say." Yeah, I mean, if you want to get to the bottom of why some things east, on the east side of Kansas City are the way that they are, you can figure it out by simply asking the question of where does the black middle class live? Exactly. They yep. live in Grandview. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, right over there. Again, they live right over here. Class. They live in Grandview. It's right, class. Class separation. You have money
2: or you don't. More right. it's, all right. right. it's all about class. Right,
1: it's all about class. And so can I separate myself out from people who – live a different lifestyle than me that l- don't have the same class identity that don't have the same sort of um y- you know way of constructing their identity in the world yeah, yeah i yeah. can and i can surround myself with people who will understand in the same way and so i'm gonna do that and so what you have with the end of segregation is basically segregation in the city by class mm-hmm. yep. right and this ah, yeah, yeah totally yeah and that's one of those things that was always so it weird for me so growing up in a super diverse community in, in in california like racism never really made all that much sense to me because it was kind of like in our neighborhood it was like well we're all different races but we're all poor mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, know and like
0: that yeah. that was well, And like you made that comment on the last podcast about like what poor doesn't matter what color you
1: are have in common you're poor. that's right yeah you're, you're, poor. you're poor i grew up in montera
2: and topeka yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you're poor yeah, poor. yeah. Poor. and you're so poor. Yeah.
1: life struggles are all kind of the same right at the end of the day it, basically and it, yeah. it's you know that we have different ways of sort of structuring our poor lives but basically it all boils down to being poor yeah the very moment that you had the end of segregation in kansas city the black middle class moves out yeah. of those traditional black neighborhoods because the better schools are because the better white better schools, exactly, schools yep. near
2: the white not s- in the white they're near s- enough stable property values even the even the middle class blacks can't live in the white neighborhoods right right,
1: right. so so you have everybody moves right yeah. and what that leaves behind is people who don't have the economic resources necessary to maintain the stability of their neighborhoods yeah. which leads to all sorts of and other no issues no tax base yeah. and no tax base and now you got, now in Kansas City, right, you've got white people moving back into those neighborhoods and gentrifying them. But yep. then that causes all sorts of other problems.
2: Right. Yeah. That's so why, one thing, reason why when I was teaching, why I, getting back to being a, a cultural historian, I would talk about the black middle class in like the 20s and the 30s. Yeah. Uh, about racial uplift. Mm-hmm. So that, like, materially, they were not technically middle class. They still mm-hmm. made less money than the white middle class. Right. But they had college educations, they nuclear families. Nuclear families, right? And so That's an interesting you but brought that up as a they differentiator. Never made as much money as their white middle class counterparts and never would yeah. have. But right. they adopted the values of the cultural values of it. Religious and cultural values. Yeah. Um so it's why again that class is it's yep. which we yeah, had this this yeah social there's a, there's a well there's working class values it's like no, no right not right it's nope. also middle class values are also like yeah those things exist but it's like not tied to economics or what kind of job you had because there were people at Target one guy told me he made eighty three thousand dollars last year it's like that Whoa. is like upper middle class. Yeah, no, that's not blue collar. It's $83,000 a year, but he's working a warehouse job. He's not a manager. He drives a forklift. He stacks boxes and economically, he's making more money than most white collar people I know, but he's still no college education. Um, He owns property in California. He makes a lot of money, right? He's He's wealthy. Right. And he's, blue collar and he has blue collar, he has white collar values, right? He's yeah. He's he's just, it's it's, yeah. It's just why class is so interesting and complicated. And I mean, it depends. I think it's race and then class within, within, within races class matters the most, but as far as broader power structures, is still race,
0: do you think there's a, and I don't know. I'm, probably not smart enough to actually have any explanation of what this is, but um, do you think the fact that the United States of America is kind of the, the, we always call ourselves the melting pot, even though right now it doesn't seem like we really appreciate that, Mm -hmm. I mean, that has to have some repercussion on what these things are. Totally. Yeah, I mean, we're one of the... uh, Well, it's... We're the first country to try to be like, yeah, everybody can get along,
1: figure it out. Well, it's it's a it's a melting pot of whiteness. Yeah, sixty three percent or something. like but that. But it's it's not a melting pot for everything else, right? Yeah. And so right. So there is well, even
2: some of those white people weren't well, white, right? right. And, right. That's, yeah. Yeah. and that's until that's, like the twenties, basically thirties. It's like, oh, the New Deal does benefit black people. Oh yeah, you are Italian. You are white now because yep. you have light skin.
1: <laughs> uh. And that that's <laughs> one of those. <laughs> you are Irish
2: yeah you're kind of white now
1: that (laughs) is so interesting about the civil war yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) well yeah that's that's exactly you know (laughs) what one of the most fascinating things about america is how whiteness is defined and how that changes over time you know i'm as irish as can be my family would definitely have not been considered white uh you know really up until well after the civil war right italians really aren't considered white until early in the 20th century um,
2: yeah, it's not until the 60s when they get protected status. Right. In so the 60s.
1: So the, this idea of whiteness. Oh, hold on. I want to yeah. hit on that. Mm-hmm. Wh-
2: so <laughs> there's a book that I know Corey doesn't like very much. I think it's okay. No, it's got a lot of problems. <laughs> minority, right, minority Rights Revolution. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this book. But, uh, it's the fine. basic <laughs> argument is Keep not going. wrong, right? The basic <laughs> argument is not wrong. It's it, wrong, but it's fine. It's <laughs> not. It's yeah. not. So basically that – so I want to hash this out so you guys are going to debate this like crazy. In the wake crazy. of <laughs> the 1965 Civil Rights Act is that you have you don't have like so-called white ethnics saying, oh, we've also experienced discrimination, so we should get protected status too. And so it was kind of going through what groups should be protected, which groups shouldn't be protected. Mm-hmm. They would say, is this like blacks? Right? Is this like them? And so Jewish Americans, right, became protected. Um, Italian Americans did like English, right? So
0: this is in the '60s. Yeah, yeah. A famously lovely. My last decade. name is
2: Root, right, which is English. Is I'm not gonna, not gonna? They're not gonna add the English Americans to civil rights acts, but Italian Americans, Jewish Americans, Irish, Eastern European, right? Oh yeah, and no, we've had discrimination too and so give us protection it's like well you're white you don't need it and so but it was yeah how whiteness has changed yeah
1: i mean that that's so what's your side cory wow it's
2: <laughs> not it's not i don't think we just get the funnel minimal argument but it's just i'm sure we cannot it ends up being the same issues with the book then
1: but it's just it 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 doesn't matter it's not wrong (laughs) but but yeah so you know the the conception of whiteness has changed over time uh in interesting ways and that the fact that whiteness has changed indicates you know that our perceptions of some of these things change Mm -hmm. and and that in and of itself is sort of indicative of the difficulty that we have as a nation with understanding ideas of ethnicity Mm -hmm. right um, but it does change, you know, and even, you know, growing up in California, people are always sort of amused to hear me say like, you know, well, there was, you know, there's definitely a hierarchy of race and that, you know, the way that that sort of worked, there was even deviation within certain, um, Asian ethnic groups. Oh yeah. Right. And so people would be like, no, especially here. People are like, no, that's weird. Like, no, no, no. You would, you would know back home. You would know. No. Right. And so. Um, but ethnicity remains this sort of challenge for us as a culture, as a democracy, because some people are in and some people are out and, and that's just the way that it is.
0: What an interesting thing for a nation that defines itself as a melting pot.
1: Right. Well, we melt (laughs) some people. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But other people aren't allowed into the melt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Some people are have to remain separated. Some people are seen as a danger to democracy. Well, we're
0: going through that like crazy right now. Right, because there are certain we'll call them no fly zones. Sure, Most brown people, brown basically. people, well, basically brown basically. people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, specifically from the Middle East. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in and
2: Mexico
1: and, and Guatemala, yeah, and, yeah, and South and America, yeah. Central America. Yeah. yeah, you know. So yeah, so yeah. So, t- so those people are sort of we want to collectively. Hold them out of the body, po- body politic without ever actually having a discussion about why we are and what we're doing. Yeah, because but we s- know. At the same time, that's an American tradition.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now it is. Yeah.
1: And the the no, I think that's always yeah. been an American tradition.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah we'll and al- right.
1: Also, a tradition is that the last group in to the melt, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. always tries to pull the ladder up on the next group coming in. Go through that.
2: No, they want to keep the next group out. Yeah, yeah, they pull the yeah. ladder up to Oh, keep pull, them out. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Pull so the okay. ladder out. So yeah. when
1: the Irish okay. became white, I thought you unquote, said it helped them up sorry. the ladder. Like no, not, no, 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 no. no when the Irish became white, their arch nemesis suddenly became Italians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're in. We don't want you to be in. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep you out. We see the same, you know. there. It is interesting to me. I think that, the Italians won on that. Well, ev- well, eventually there's always a shift, yeah. right? The... Um, You know, it's super telling that some of the most conservative, the one of the most conservative ethnic groups in America on the issue of immigration is Cubans.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. They're just repeating this pattern that we see over and over and over again of Mm. newly accepted ethnic groups pulling the ladder up and not letting in the next group.
0: Yeah, and that's unfortunate because I love Cubans
1: Mm. for everything they are and bring. Well, (laughs) I remember a teacher I had once saying that we needed to have a war in this country because our food was getting stale Hmm. and that was the idea that if you fight a war with somebody there's always going to be immigrants that end up coming to your country from that country and then you get to incorporate their culinary traditions into your culinary landscape
0: that's a weird thing like but that, it, but that might be true. the most quintessentially like war profiteering thing ever like absolutely right my chips are getting stale we got to start a fucking
1: war yeah absolutely. <laughs> but it, it makes sense though right if you think oh, about God. it that's terrifying I don't, I don't get it so like you know you you, you fight a war yeah. with somebody and then you get to enjoy their cuisine
0: like, uh, like starting I mean, a war for know. oil
1: because there'll be immigrants and those immigrants
2: will start restaurants. But how many of you go like eat Iraqi and Afghani food? Well, it didn't it
1: didn't really work out with Iraqi and mm. Afghani food, but certainly it did with Korean and Vietnamese
2: and Yeah, yeah. Their food's delicious. Or Native American, we don't eat you don't eat Native American food. That's Yeah, cuz we just took it over. Maybe that's <laughs> like like a buffalo Maybe
1: that's too wide a spectrum
2: might be, yeah.
0: Have you guys heard Louis CK's joke about Indians? No, I know, I know, he's not in like the. In AK, I feel
2: like I'm about to get fired. Louisa K is not funny <laughs> or talented, so. Okay. Yep, <laughs> I'm gonna drop that.
0: Fair enough, we can move on. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> we can. Yep. Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle is funny. Yeah.
2: I like Dave Chappelle. Yeah.
0: Yep. I mean, but he not. He might not be right now.
2: I haven't seen the I haven't I haven't seen the new special, so I haven't either. I don't stand up is not I just don't I don't like stand up. So Oh it's really? Nah, it's okay. That's fine. I like some of it, but it's also like yeah.
0: I I just I, I always, can take it or leave it. That's fine. Yeah. No, I, I always appreciate somebody that can go up in front of a, a large crowd with stuff that they created and make people laugh.
2: No, it's it's a
0: skill. Like, yeah. I
1: actually I realize that this is a Opinion that's falling out of favor, but I actually think there's something for stand-up that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I it's think. supposed to be. I think that's the point, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's what to be comedy's supposed to do. Supposed to be funny yeah. because it's talking about things that you don't talk about. It's yeah, what comedy's right? supposed to do. Yeah, right? you're not comfortable at all, but right. you make, make you it happen. Yeah. Comedy's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I
0: it's think not that's
2: funny if it's not. One hundred percent.
0: Well, let's talk about research.
2: Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do we want to take a drink for a bit or do uh, we want take, any a, more, take a is, break? Is any do we want more beer? Yeah. Uh, if not, we can go get some and come right back. We might need a beer break. I need another right. beer, yeah. All right. Let's do it. Hold on. Say something funny, guys. What Jesus.
2: What it? I don't know. That's not funny, but what time
0: is it for you? So I, I tend <laughs> to stay we are alive. Just saying. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Thank you for the heads <laughs> up. <laughs> You're welcome. But, yeah, you can I I can Go ahead though.
3: I put on, a, <laughs> I put on, I put on a few lbs
2: lately, so.
0: I don't want to hear it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you're, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I as as I sit here just like looking <laughs> exactly. at the fat on this that rib, like delicious. oh my yeah. god. The rib was really good. Yeah, it's it's yeah. this is it's gonna be embarras like the way that I eat ribs is embarrassing. Like I feel like a fat guy around vanilla ice cream. So good. Like just ah oh, I can't I can't do
1: anything else but Well, that. nothing will be as embarrassing <laughs> as your fantasy draft this week, so go for it. Yeah, how's how's
0: my team doing though? Just <laughs> yeah. wondering. Yeah, exactly, yeah, Corey, how's week, it
1: going? Week one does not make a
0: team. <laughs> wow. No, but it's still going pretty well. So let's talk about research. Yeah, yeah, you can <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. So I'm working on a book and about Oral Roberts. You know, he was a famous pastor from, or I guess evangelist from Tulsa, and so. Tell me talk about this. So a couple weeks ago, I went down to Tulsa to do research at the uh, Oral Roberts University, and uh, I don't know. It was it was a successful trip. I'm also not 100% clear or sure I did the best, made the best choices when I was down there. So.
1: You mean like you found yourself b- in bed with a male prostitute? No, no, no. Like we're not talking, talking about Pittsburgh, gentlemen. What kind of choices are we talking about here? It's
2: not, yeah, it's not Pittsburgh. No, <laughs> I. Uh, no, so. So the manuscript is due May 2020, and I'm about halfway done. You know, it's spoiler alert, it's hard working full time and writing a book and finding time to hang out with family and friends, find time to exercise, do a podcast, and, and a podcast now. Sure, right? so, yeah. coming up with a podcast, taking time to relax and exercise, write a book, and work full time. But there's some stuff that I wanted to see down at Oral Roberts University and. As much I could get it, and I went down there, and a lot of it was the student newspaper I wanted to see, mm-hmm. and so, well, the first thing was newspapers, local, from Tulsa, which is hard to find online, really? and, yeah, um, and so, I was like, I gotta go down there and get newspapers from these years, right, I gotta have these years, and the main years was early, oral, mm-hmm. Robert's kind of on the ground look, because the newspaper So what (laughs) what years would we be talking about? So this so really what I wanted was sixty one, okay. When he first announces the university through about sixty eight, okay. Newspapers, um, because the sixty five stuff, especially sixty three to sixty five, the Tulsa papers were doing an on the ground look that like hey this week he raised this much money, next week he raised this much money, and that's what I needed. So I went down there. And they had newspaper clippings that were already photocopied, Mm -hmm. but out of order. Mm. It's like 1964 (laughs) was, there was no order to it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't have time to organize this. I don't have time to scan everything in this folder that was thick, maybe a couple hundred pages. It's like, I don't have time to go through and pick out what I need. And so I did two days of newspaper photocopying, which ended up being a good idea, I think. And after that, I wanted the student newspaper. Well, it ends up uh, the university, ORU, also wants the student newspaper digitized. Mm. And so I'm like, you know, I only have three days of this. I only have three days to digitize or scan what I want from the student newspaper. But if I scan every issue, I'll be helping them, and they'll help me later on. Sure. Yeah. And so Heck it yeah. was like. I scanned every issue from 66 until about 79 <laughs> and there's stuff that it's like I need stuff later, right? I mm. need so I can't afford to go back. <laughs> I might have to simply because I can't stop I can't stop using the student newspaper in 1979. Yeah. It's like hey, this professor or this, this this historian uses this source until then. Well the source still exists for the next thirty years. Right. why they stop? And so it was I don't I don't know, man. It was I'm I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. I mean I may I have to go back. I at this point it's yeah, it's trying to work full time, trying to write yeah. a book, and everything else has been incredibly difficult.
1: One of the things I think probably people who aren't historians <laughs> don't realize is that historical research can be very tedious. Um, And one of the things that can make it so tedious is if the archive is privately owned, then... Which in this case it is. Which in this case it is. Then they can decide who has access to what and have some, you know, once you get it and leave, That's better, but if
0: they know what you're pointing... If they know what you're
1: going after. And, And in Root's case, he has a pretty critical view of Oral Roberts in some places. I do, yeah, yeah. And yep. and so I know that one of the things he's been worried about is that if his access to those archives would someday be cut off because of that gotcha. point of view. Which might happen. So he's yeah. kind of racing against the clock in a lot of ways, yeah. which this podcast may not be. I was going like. to say, should I delay As this I was going to say, podcast? yeah, talking about this <laughs> is not going to help. Right. That's okay, not, I, don't, I don't know if they No,
2: but it's, no, it's tricky because, uh, yeah. I did, like, 15 years of the student newspaper, eight hours a day, just scanning weekly issues. Oh, mm-hmm. man. And not everything got sent. Everything oh. got s- sent in the email. Yeah. But I'm finding tons of great stuff. Uh, but it's also one of those things that I, g- I got to get this done by May 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, um, it's, yeah, no, it was because it's it's, it was it was it was it was an incredibly difficult decision. Which one thank God for modern technology.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: because I couldn't imagine if this had been ten years ago, I'd been like, nah, I'm sorry, fuck you. You want to scan, scan it. I'm just gonna photocopy what I need. Right, right. Yep. right, for sure. Um
0: Yeah. In many ways
1: this is without question the best time to be alive. Big time. As yeah. Yeah. historians, <laughs> yeah, <that's> for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. So much of our research, you know. Like roots clearly butt hurt by the fact that Tulsa newspapers haven't been digitized yet. <laughs> yeah, because, <I> <laughs> <I have> because <laughs> too many sources. That's rare. Yeah, right? it like is. Now yeah, now it's yeah. like yeah, everything.
2: You know. Well, the thing is, is that after eventually, so, uh, so this is not here or there, but eventually, the Tulsa newspapers were so friendly that it's like I don't need. Right. I don't need them. Right. And so, at some point, I think I think I got what I needed from the Tulsa papers. After that, I'll just go to the. National wires like right? the right, Post, right, the right. Times, right. other websites like newspapers.com, which has tons of stuff digitized. You know, if it ran in Tulsa in 1985, the exact same article ran in Chicago right. in 1985.
1: Um, that does kind of surprise me that the Tulsa papers from that time period aren't digitized. Because I mean, like you some know,
2: some are sporadically, but not the Tulsa Tribune, which is the main. Huh. The Tribune is the main one. It's not. It's not online yet. That's really weird. What's And I don't have time to go through and do, which c- goes back to being a grad student and teaching. Right, right. Trying to write a, a dissertation is, I should have been doing the Tulsa Tribune microfilm, mm. Right, but teaching a lot. But instead you are getting
1: drunken afternoons at the Heidelberg. Oh, even, no, even, <laughs> even, even, even,
2: even counting that. Can you imagine going through? So Oral Roberts, why I've been so hard is, he opens his ministry or starts kind of a permanent home in Tulsa in 1947. Mm-hmm. Dies in 2009. So I'm looking at, what is that, 47 to 69? 09 is what? 59 years? Sure. 54 years, 55 years? Almost 60 years mm-hmm. of newspapers, which comes out daily. Right. 40s, you still have morning and evening editions. Right. So I'll have to go through morning, Jesus. evening editions. 50 s- for fifty, almost sixty thousands years, thousands of paper with no index and no index. Just do yeah, a microfilm. not do that. So I had no that's time. Insane. So now it's like I gotta have this. Um, and really, it's stuff that I already knew, but I just want to be able to go to the primary source and say, oh yeah, this person was right. Right before.
0: Right. When you come away with that, I mean, uh, obviously you're still putting everything together, but like, when what have you come away with? That's and uh, not giving too much away, but mm-hmm. what what's the there's got to be something that you're just kind of looking at the entire time going, this is this is interesting.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's actually a good question to ask right now because I'm now in the part where – so Oral Roberts was a famous Tulsa pastor, um, preacher, evangelist, whatever you want to call him. He starts a university in 1965, mm-hmm. and the – so what's interesting about Oral Roberts starting his university, this is one thing that I'm working on now, is – in a lot of ways, if not most ways, it's what many, if not most Americans, especially American evangelicals, wanted in nineteen sixty. It was a university that had a strict moral code mm-hmm. but was still striving for intellectual respectability. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I had a lot of PhDs who were hired early on, which nineteen sixty five to be a Pentecostal charismatic, you know, to be a PhD who had you spoke in tongues. Right, you're not going to find you're, n- you're going to find almost none. Right. But they were stacked with PhDs from UCLA, Harvard. You had PhDs from Stanford going to ORU in '65. So you have a university in a lot of ways was living up to what people wanted with its strict moral code. You know, no drinking, no smoking, uh, dress code, which still survives today. Um, you had certain like lifestyle requirements as far as your weight. Right, you had, uh, oh you, I'm had out. you had you <laughs> had to. <laughs> You might have been okay. It depends <laughs> who your body fat was. You just couldn't be. What's your body pure. fat was. I'm, I'm working on it. And so, <laughs> Which way? You had all these requirements, <laughs> but so a lot of people say, hey, this is awesome. 1960s, you have Berkeley is losing their minds. Mm-hmm. University of Michigan is losing their minds. Right. College kids are bad. They're rebelling against these things. So ORU is like a beacon of hope. But what's interesting about ORU is most, many, if not most, Christian schools started in the 50s and the 60s. Were explicitly segregationist, mm. right? Because they're mm. private. It's like, oh wait, we have to have uh, yeah. black kids here. I don't think so. O R U in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was integrated from the beginning. They really? had Black Awareness Week from the what? very beginning. That's ri- you I have never expected by this late mind si- blown by the late sixties, late n- by the early seventies, you know, like Multicultural Month. Jesse Jackson comes to O R U. Talk, you well, have. You're making this shit no, up. No, right? No, it's not. So, <laughs> so, so what's so, so interesting is you have this school that is like kids in the '60s are bad, yeah, right? They're banging each other, doing drugs, drinking, causing problems, rebelling.
0: Also known as every university now. Yeah, even <laughs> at well,
2: I don't want to take this part out. But <laughs> or you <laughs> is the same way. I met at a barbecue joint in Tulsa. A guy from way north of Pica, from Meriden, Kansas. He owned a pot shop in Tulsa because <laughs> uh, they have they have they have uh, medical marijuana now in, in Oklahoma. Oh. Now. and he owned a liquor store by O.R.U. and mm. he was like, "Dude, O.R.U. is like everyone has a fake ID at O.R.U. <laughs> Take that out. I don't want that. I don't want people to hear that." Uh, Hold
0: so on. give me one second. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, I know so where anyway. It is. <laughs> Yeah, so is this is it is this out. super
2: conservative they're not gonna listen, to this, all right. They're this super conservative university, but when it comes to race like they had um a blacksmith body president in like really the sixties, yeah. It was a unanimous vote that That's he was crazy. Yeah. It's and they had all these like forward thinking ideas on I mean, Oral was also still a white guy from Oklahoma and born in 1918. So every now and then he would say things that were like, bro, you can't say that. <laughs> right? you, just, you just shouldn't be saying that. But still, I mean, he was totally forward thinking, and so it totally goes against a lot of what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I think Oral is interesting is Oral Roberts is interesting. Uh, not just Oral. Uh, Oral Roberts no one's left with a sex joke? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come oh, on,
0: right? <laughs> dude, you, sh- you shut me down in Louis C.K. I wasn't saying yeah. shit for a second. <laughs> I,
1: yeah. I was so enraptured by what yeah. you were saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so something
2: about Oral Roberts is he is – so one reason why I was drawn to Oral Roberts and kind of prosperity gospel stuff and um, c- kind of consumer culture is that – Can you oh, – They. Sorry, Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go I, ahead. Let, Let you're going to say it better. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, could you About just, that? like, <laughs> one
1: sentence, what's the prosperity gospel? Thank you. Obviously, yeah, I know what it's, it is, but... It's,
2: so, it's the idea that God wants you to be, or a sign of, the sign of salvation is being happy, healthy, and wealthy. And they can earn that through a transaction. So, I think Oral Roberts, with the key to that, because... If you ask most Christians, right, does God want his Christian to be happy? Say like, yes, right? Sure. The prosperity gospel not it's not wrong that God wants people to be happy, right? He he wants people to be happy, but prosperity gospel I think adds the transaction element to it that if I give money, then you I'll sow, be happy. You rape. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so, so if
0: I give you ten dollars, I will be rewarded. Therefore, by you'll 100. be awarded twenty dollars, right? Right,
2: yeah. or you'll be awarded f- endless happiness. Yep. Um, so it adds that kind of transactional element. It, it adds that. It adds that transactional part to it. Um, so anyway, so what what Oral was was doing was so what I was interested in. The prosperity gospel is that they are conservatives, right? Politically, they're conservative. Economically, they are. Um, socially, they are and also theologically, but it's not something they ever really talked about. Well, and like Oral Roberts was a lifelong, lifelong Democrat, right? He was a Democrat his entire life. Hmm. Granted, that was like Oklahoma Democrat, right, right? right? So, but still, but still, it's one of those things that still, he was a lifelong Democrat, and so Oral even said, "Someone's like, dude, why don't you run for office?" He's like, "I know I could, and I would win. Like, I could be governor of Oklahoma." No problem, but it's not what I'm interested in. Right? It's sure. not important to me. And so I think that when it comes down to shaping, and why I like Oral Roberts and these, or why I'm so interested is that when it comes down to it is that Oral Roberts, by talking about consumerism the way he does, and something that Corey and I have talked about, kind of therapeutic gospel stuff, therapeutic culture, is that he did more to shape modern evangelicalism way more than like Jerry Falwell. Really? Yeah, because most evangelicals are not, most Americans are not that kind of doctrinaire conservative. Mm -hmm. What does shape American Christianity, what shapes American culture more than anything else than political, like, conservatism, whatever, with the Falwell, it's consumerism, Mm -hmm. right? It's the capitalist idea of the good life. And that's what you can't, it's, it's impossible to escape. Yep. Consumerism, consumption—you uh, can put yourself in a bubble with liberal, and conservative—and again, most most people are not the doctrinaire conservatives that Falwell is. Um, but so I think I think that Roberts is interesting because he, in many ways, I think exemplifies a lot of majority views on at least in the '60s and '70s when so popular, even in the '80s, kind of proper. Social values and moral conduct, but politically, it's like, oh yeah, okay, just not that, just was not that important to them. Hmm. Whereas the the political stuff of Falwell and them matters way more to them than it does to most most people. Because that's what I when I teach is that, you know, even if Reagan being elected, most Americans now then do not want to get rid do not want to get rid of the social safety net. Right. right they're fine with some kind of government welfare yeah um, they're cool with it right like oh yeah no that, that should exist
0: no I have a job therefore unemployment benefits are bad
2: yeah right yeah but so it's so but but oral <laughs> the then moment that's you not don't something I think they recognize that that listen most people don't this is not that important to most people. So Oral Roberts. But Oral have wasn't he was conservative, right? Totally. He'd be like, oh yeah, no, I am a free market capitalist. But he wouldn't um, have been
1: interested in that moral majority shit that happens no, in no. the eighties and the nineties. But his school That's
2: his school was built on that, right? His school was right. his, his school was built on bringing God back into the education. But he bucks the trend when it comes to what was taught at the schools. And so I came across a thing. That's so what I'm gonna work on it for the next chapter. So I gotta, I gotta get My working on this shit. My brain is going a thousand <laughs> Is miles <Yeah>. that he, <laughs> <right now. laughs> he had professors at the sc- at the school in, in uh biology who believed in evolution, right? There was holy shit. There was a Seriously. debate like in the 60s or 70s when it was you had six day creationists. Not shockingly, they were not scientists. Yeah. They were the six day creationists? Right. But you had I scientists, like scientists who were like well, we don't believe in six-day creation. We don't believe in evolution either, right? Clearly, the Earth is, literal six days is not possible, right? It's just not, one. Yeah. Well, that's not the categories they would have talked in, in ancient history. Two, right. it's like, that's simply not the way it works. But you had scientists at the school saying, oh, no, man, I evolution is that, the scientific evidence for evolution is overwhelming, right? You can't deny it. I can believe in a creator God, and be an evolutionist. So you had, uh, like, political debates. You had uh, liberal and conservative having debates at the campus. And so it was this place, this Christian university, that still most of the students were conservative, right? But still it is this school that is trying to be something totally different. And in many ways it might have been one of the most countercultural schools in the country. Yeah, that's insane. So it's, it's not the most counter because it is – on race it's so progressive right but it's like social values like wow. you know. so. to this and never banned interracial dating or anything
1: to this day would oh. you describe i mean I, I really don't know anything about oral roberts other than twice a year they kick the shit out of on my alma mater's basketball <laughs> team <laughs> yeah yeah but doesn't the basketball team yeah is oral roberts to this day Still, I, I, I'm sure it's still culturally very conservative, as you've described. But it is, is yeah, the yeah. education still ensconced in that liberal tradition.
2: That's that's where it gets tricky. I'm not. I don't feel confident of saying either way. Um, you have some,
1: but uh, so after Oral Roberts dies, there's at least some questioning of that liberal
2: foundation. Oh, even when he was still alive. Yeah. Oh, so I'm not. Totally clear on the story, but a professor in the theology school who was at ORU wrote a book called A Different Gospel, which was anti-prosperity gospel.
1: Interesting. And so that couldn't have gone over well.
2: I don't. I mean, if I remember right, he was never fired or anything for it. Um, He oral, of course, was upset. (laughs) If 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 I remember right, oral, of course, was upset, but also like "Ah, yeah, you know, like homie had tenure, so what are you gonna do? even the student newspaper you have people making fun of orals fundraising methods interesting yeah so the student the student even the student newspaper again most of it was like like most universities right i mean harvard is going to be pretty monoculture right same oh yeah Berkeley. i mean yeah i mean you're going to get those people who have different views but ORU was like oh no so so what oral said and i came across this just yesterday is that you know, we can't deny truth, that no matter what truth we come to with scientific discoveries, they'll never trump God's truth, right? And so, we're going to have people here who talk to you about evolution, right? Or wasn't a scientist, you
0: know? What a wonderful religious argument that is.
2: Yeah, right, like, yeah. honestly, like... Ultimately, it, it's like, I...
0: It's not going to tr- trump God's truth, Well but it says this in this book. It's like, yeah, bitch,
2: evolution may very well be real, Yeah, right? But it's also like... This university is built to discover that. Yeah. To, t- to talk about it. Yeah. Um, or himself was never lived in evolution. I think you know he was smart enough that if he had read the evidence and actually studied, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, this is totally compatible." But he would he would never would have said that those things were incompatible.
0: He was the most progressive evangelical in the history. But in of a lot of ways, he a lot of ways he wasn't.
2: Always <laughs> he was totally backwards. Oh really? Right. Right. In a lot right. of ways, okay. yeah. I mean, it, it would depend on what was happening at the moment, um, how would revert to his old style versus trying to be more accepted in the broader culture. So he could, I mean, if it's back against the wall, he knew his most little supporters were hardcore Pentecostals. And so he would rely on the hardcore oh. old school Pentecostal when he, when he needed to. I've but got some family members when, he, when, he, when <laughs> he didn't want to do that or didn't have to, he didn't. Right. And so it would depend on his, because in 68, he becomes a Methodist. They're what? the fun ones. They're the fun ones. Yeah, though. yeah, and he leaves <laughs> again. He's kicked out of the Methodist Church, in like '87, <laughs> and goes like, being a meth, hardcore Pentecostal because like, oh yeah, this is not really working out for me. So let's be a, a hardcore Pentecostal again. God damn it. Uh, no, he was, <laughs> he was an interesting guy. He ha- never finished high school. Even he had to what? do the uh, basically the GRE. <laughs> GED. Oh, shit. GED. 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 Yeah, he did the GED. Yeah, because he was not a veteran. And so the GED was invented after World War Two. Okay. Yeah, and he never finished high school. It's like, oh yeah, you can just take this test that veterans are taking to get into college. Yeah. So he took the GED, and that's what. That's so interesting. Yeah. So he. Yeah. There is so much shit I don't know. It's not stuff that (laughs) it's not stuff that many people listeners may know, but understand. But he he could read like these dense theologians, like Karl Barth, Paul Tillich. He's basically a German theologian, mm-hmm. which is notoriously dense and difficult.
1: Anything in German's gonna be hard. Yeah. He
2: could he could read the translation and be like, Oh yeah, no, I understand German theology and just talk Jeez. about for hours. Interesting. You just just eat it up. But no, he yeah, he's he's a fascinating guy. Um he's kind of a dick a lot of times, but also at times you're like, nah, dude, this guy was smart. Like he knew yeah. what he was
0: doing. Well anybody that intelligent has to come out kinda like a dick though. Like mm-hmm. if you're so far above everybody so you're going to you're going to come off sounding like an asshole. Yeah, he
2: was so smart. Yeah. Well, but he was not but I mean he got ridiculed right cuz he was a Pentecostal. Right. Never he never had a college degree, never had a PhD. Hmm. Um I'm
0: my mind is completely
2: blown yeah no he yeah he <laughs> did really, yeah no he's <laughs> reading he's reading the christian existentialists in the 60s and 70s jesus and christ understanding <laughs> and, and understanding them that right is, P- He apparently jesus. understands in a way that yeah most people because the, the christian existentialists are notoriously difficult to understand but he could just read it and be like oh yeah no this i get it i i disagree but i can break it down in a way that academics can.
1: It's interesting, because I expected this story to be more in the archetype of, like, a Billy Graham. And it's actually... Yeah, no, no. We're talking radically different.
2: No, one thing that I'm I'm arguing is that why... So Billy Graham is a North Carolina Calvinist. Right. Right. I mean, basically, he's from North Carolina, but it's a New England Calvinist family. It's conservative, and it's... Kind of these things are done this way, right? We're just gonna kind of keep doing these things.
0: I am so sorry to do this, but because I know people will be listening to this, like just two sentences. North Carolina Calvinist is okay. (laughs) So, so this will be fun. No, no. So we 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 don't we don't get into theology. So the big difference would
2: be is that. So here's so back to uh, kind of talking politics. So a way to talk about it to understand this divide is so. What I would suggest, the reason why Billy Graham was more into politics than Oral Roberts was is that Billy Graham was of New England Puritan stock. Okay. And that brings with it a lot of class assumptions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is this idea that Calvinists tend to have, at least, they, at least you know, I'll say this, I guess, uh, I'm going to put it this way, is that they had this idea that America has a special relationship with God. And in order to achieve that, we need to kind of meet certain moral and religious expectations. Otherwise we'll lose that covenant. There's mm-hmm. so a lot of it comes down to covenant theology mm-hmm. and Billy Graham always had a sense that in his kind of old style New England, um, Puritans were like, Oh, we gotta save culture, right? Mm-hmm. And one way to do that is politics. And Roberts didn't disagree, right? He would say, Oh no, American culture totally fucked up. Right? It is Garbage off the rails. Fire. It's off the rails. People yeah. are disgusting. But politics But we th- we ain't gonna save America through politics, right? So why even What an interesting it, thing. Why even get I mean he didn't he wasn't uninvolved, he's was also just like, ah, you know, it's you're gonna change. So Roberts' thing is his thing was you're gonna change culture through education, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's how you change a generation is 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 how you teach, but also television. Which is true, positive
0: or negative? And television, <laughs> right? right? Oh. And TV,
2: right? Th- those two things, that is how you reach people. That, it's is those two? That's why he in '69 he starts a new TV show, more of a variety show. Yeah. Right. So it had like <laughs> skits. It had him doing interviews. Like, listen. This is how we're gonna reach people. Is not electoral politics. Like, yes, you need to vote. Oh, he but was so far. You vote Republican. Time. You vote Democrat. <laughs> I don't give a what? fuck. Do vote wherever you want. But these <laughs> are the things that are really gonna change culture. Is that it's not gonna be electoral that politics. If you do change things, it's local. It's because so he was so involved in Tulsa politics, so involved in Tulsa business that it's all local. Like, be involved in your local church, oh, local Tulsa community. And that's how that's things so are going to be improved and changes through your city that's and so f- not nationally
1: Because I hadn't really considered the role that Calvinism would play in modern evangelicalism, because one of the things to note about Calvinism, or to go a little bit deeper in the theology than we probably need to, is that Calvinists fundamentally believe in the idea of predestination. You are the day you're born, going to heaven or going to hell. Not much you can do to change it. However... Your lifestyle Mm. becomes an outward reflection of your predestination.
0: That sounds like a terrifying, like, just life to live. Yeah. It's like yeah, I enjoy you. swimming. Well, the difference I is if is I'm that always going to go to hell, then swimming is terrible. Right, the
2: difference is though is that you don't really ever know. You don't know. And so you're always mm-hmm. looking for signs, and so ah, this is a terrifying mentality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so th- so that's why that's
1: why that emphasis on politics becomes so important. If our politics is right, if we're doing things correctly, if we have a culture that is constructed in a godly way, then our culture is outwardly reflecting yeah. the fact that we can yeah, yeah. be saved.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, it comes up to covenant theology. Right. Like God and there's no the covenants with certain groups and peoples, and right, America has been a covenant theology of God, or covenant with right. God, and if we screw up. And Roberts, would, Roberts wouldn't disagree, oh, necessarily. It's also like, nah. But Pentecostalism de-emphasizes that Calvinistic. They do, they do. yeah, so, yeah.
1: So it's in the background, but it's not... You know, it's not that primary motivating idea in how you arrange your life, whereas
2: for other— I come from a
0: family of
1: Pentecostals, and they
0: terrify me. For other strands of— It changed eventually. It changed eventually.
2: Pentecostals, yeah. It changed eventually. Okay. It changed eventually, yeah. So
0: different generations of Pentecostals. Right.
2: Yeah, and those Pentecostals who are worried, a lot of it has to do with class changes, right?
1: Ah, gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, don't— yeah, it's affected by that Marxist theology or class Marxist changes class changes. He's well. a so, fucking historian. So the, 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 the difference <laughs> is that like Pentecostals like
2: oral Roberts most Pentecostals grew up poor. Right. Right. And right. you're poor, it's like who is not helping you? The government. Right. But if you are Billy Graham, this com- more or less comfortable middle class. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, we need to save the society because society has done us well. If you're a poor <sighs> if you're a poor Oklahoma farmer, you're like, uh, nah, right? It's not anything <laughs> for me, right? right? And Roberts was, I mean, he, I think, overemphasizes this, but he was 1-8 uh, Cherokee. Mm. But he was still growing on on time, when it might have been a problem. But he had, you know, dark hair, dark eyes. Yeah. And so he's like, no, most things suck. Right. Uh, this is not, like, you want to try and save it, but it's also that it's not going to... Like voting the right way is not salvific, right? Voting a Republican is not equal salvation the way I think Billy Graham made it eventually. I mean Graham after Nixon was kinda like, Oh yeah. Nah they were well, right, right, I was right, wrong, right? right. right? Nixon <laughs> is a bad guy. No, uh, Nixon
0: historically has always been portrayed as a very good guy.
2: I dude. <laughs> I speaking of which I when I was teaching I changed I, my evals. <laughs> I used to say in class, "By the way, Nixon is my favorite president." Yeah, you know why? Because he's a dirtbag. He knows he's a dirtbag, and he acts like it. He also Noam Chomsky was not wrong. He is our most liberal president. I would, yeah, I would. Noam Chomsky was right. (laughs)
1: Reserve the possibility of coming back for a future podcast to defend Richard Nixon's legacy. No,
2: I was. Me too. I just was taking. Yeah, yeah.
1: Fuck you guys,
0: because I was just taking a bite of rib. No, yeah. I had a teacher Nixon. that had the exact same thing that you guys are saying oh, yeah. right now. I'll defend Nixon. Yeah, no. And, by the way, come back on any time. You will be without question. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, please do, for the love of God. Yeah, now Nixon, dude, he— No, I know he— Like, Nixon's Nixon. There's Awful. no question. A human being. Great worst, policy. Yes. Yeah. Thank
2: you for putting in,
0: yeah. in three yeah. words where I was trying to eat rib and do this he fuck creates, off. Corey. He created
2: the EPA. <laughs> he created like Clean the Water Act. Clean water. The first Clean Air Act. disability rights. Affirmative action. Yeah. The first like uh, disability rights. Yeah. That's stuff. He that's the Republican section Party, the, ladies and gentlemen. He, he, wanted <laughs> <housing>. <laughs> he wanted to create a universal basic income. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was totally into UBI. I mean he was also the absolute worst and was a racist. Spiteful, angry man, but it's also and like no. Nah, he hated lot, blacks and Jews. A like lot of the nobody. stuff that we have, it's that we recognize as being it's positive, good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, and he's always looked at as this caricature of a human being, and it's like, no, you had it wrong. The caricature is that he was a good guy.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: And it's
1: just that he was complete. Honest, dick. <laughs> Honestly, considering everything that's gone down since he was president, would we even give a shit about Watergate? I think we would just let that slide. Uh huh. I mean, I'd now. just be impressed that a president who was clearly going to win took it so seriously yes. and he'd break yeah. into the Which other side. Yeah, I mean? watch a documentary like, on it. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, he was gonna win. Like that's
0: the walk. worst part. You know, yes. walk. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And yet he did that. Right. Sure yeah, like, I no.
2: love telling <sighs> the students that you realize that. He was going to win. He knew he oh, was Oh, hands down. Win. Yeah. yeah, he was such a weirdo that he. He was such a weirdo. He had to confirm it. He yeah, had to. It was like, he, oh, no, no,
1: no. We have to do it. We have to do it. I love him. I'm I a g- fan of thoroughness.
0: Wait, say that again. Thoroughness. Thoroughness. I thought you were saying like Therow. Henry David Thoreau. No, <laughs> Thoreau's a bitch. But I I'm a fan of thoroughness. But he has yeah. one of the best quotes of mankind. Uh, I mean, Most assholes can be lives. quotable. I
1: mean, I don't know. Yeah, what
0: no, you tell he, was you. Cunt, <laughs> he was a cunt, but he was. <laughs> I hate him at the row. No, but he had a great quote. It's "Most men live lives of quiet desperation." Did you, wonderful quote? It is a great quote. Yes.
1: Did you know? The, the entire no. time he lived at Walden Pond, his mother did his laundry? Yes, I did I just want to <laughs> put that out there. <laughs> it was her property. Yeah, because it was her property. She brought, <laughs> he wasn't squatting and in she the forest. Brought, and she
2: brought him sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. And he I'm would, so happy and somebody he actually would, said He, said he would stumble <laughs> in a town drunk because yeah. the old ladies also fed him. Thoreau yep, yep. is
1: the very first millennial.
0: Yep. Hey, and all, <laughs> yes, and also nah. fuck off. He had it easier <laughs> than
2: millennials. <laughs> he had it way easier oh, than millennials. Yeah, <laughs> nah,
1: Maybe it was the first hipster.
2: Maybe that'd be first the first hipster. To think That's about the, the right thing. Yeah. Thing. yeah. It's uh, yeah. Hipster. Uh, also, the best. The His best. Bespoke the best cabin. Description of <laughs> of, of, of hipsters awesome is the douchewazi. Wait, say that one more well, time. because yeah. hipsters oh I know the oh, I ones I know awesome. who like do the hipster. You, you've got are to hashtag that, white, but nobody knows how to spell douche. White or rich
1: people <laughs> or bourgeoisie yes. yeah. bourgeoisie no, right, is, right. Yeah. They, they, they don't admit yeah. it right because right. they want
2: to this right the bourgeoisie, say no fuck oh. you you grew up super rich that's why you can live this way
1: on the other hand hipsters please continue to do what you do I enjoy your food and your yes me too me too yeah <laughs> me too yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. no yeah. it's like yeah no I want to partake <laughs> you
2: know the pap- way people don't want to live the way you hipsters do that's why people yeah I don't want to roll jobs. into a coffee. That's house my new favorite. I think I'm.
0: A, I'm gonna hashtag that term. Douchewazi. Yeah, 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 the the douche- like spelling yeah. That. I think it's a I'm buds, not going to. I
2: think I saw on Buzzfeed of all things a long time ah, ago. Ah, fuck. Okay. The Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. It's accurate though. No, oh, it's, it's 100%, 100%. accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had. I'm family. So happy don't want to talk about family, but who? Well, you said lived in. They probably won't. No, they <laughs> lived in like uh, Colorado communes, and their father supported them. They got kicked out of those anarchist communes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like, nah, that's the kind of shit they had. Like no, Char- you know what? You know what uh, I don't want to do live like that. There's a
0: guy yeah, named Manson that, that ever started again. in something like that, and that's terrible. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Speaking of which, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It is. I haven't. Awesome. Such an amazing movie. <laughs> so until I, the the only end. thing
0: I've heard is that they portrayed Bruce Lee as a as a tool
1: which and was I'm a, a, he as a total which is apparently true yeah apparently it is uh, an Dad accurate Burstley representation grew yeah up, I'm, I'm, he
2: grew up apparently a uh, little rich piece of shit right and was mean to people and i'm going to i'm going to hold yeah, judgment yeah. i
0: i'm fine with you saying it i'm, yeah. fine, with saying it. I'm <laughs> fine with you saying it i respect both of you i'm going to hold judgment do what? I wouldn't do that, but, but apparently, well, yeah, you're a Raiders fan. But apparently his the portrayal. <laughs> okay, Antonio is, Brown. The, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, the portrayal of
2: Bruce Lee is actually pretty accurate. That nah, he was this little rich yeah. kid. I um, can't
0: imagine somebody like Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio portraying him in a like well, non-real way. And more, but f- I'm also from like uh, my household love Bruce Lee, so I'm yeah. I'm no, gonna, me too. Me too. Y- yeah, I love okay. Bruce Lee. Yeah. yeah,
2: a lot of this thing to do with I think. Tarantino wouldn't have done wrong. Good point. Good point. And apparently the actor who played Bruce Lee is obsessed with Bruce Lee. And so it's hard to imagine that this this actor who loves Bruce Lee would be fine with. But apparently Bruce Lee was a dick. Like arrogant. yeah, yeah, yeah. Little rich kid. Mean. uh, Knew he would beat the shit out of everybody. And he may have actually gotten beat up by someone like Brad Pitt. Until he fought va- fought Missouri's own Brad Pitt. Yeah, dude, that <laughs> the movie is incredible. It's not until the it end. It is. It's not until the end where you're like, oh. Do they yeah. go into the Manson shit? It's it, not. It, uh, that's the it touches that's the on that's the it. That's the thing is that very it's not until the the it's not until the end where you're like, oh okay. yeah. It's, it's a, actually it's not until the
1: end where you're like, oh yeah, this is a Tarantino yep. movie. Yeah, yeah Because that was my Margot Robbie was. plays her. Right. She she plays Tate, Tate. Yeah. 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 You know what's interesting about that? And I'm guessing that this probably is not the same for you guys because I'm guessing my parents are a little bit older than your guys' parents because I'm also a little bit older than you and they had me a little bit later in life. But my dad's 83. No, he's not. (laughs) not If he is, he's the spryest 83 year old. He's a good looking
0: 83 year old.
1: But what's interesting (laughs) is for my parents in particular, that murder of Sharon Tate became such an important cultural touchstone and an event that struck fear in their hearts in a way that I cannot describe and I mean I mean that murder is like on the same level with September 11th the in JFK. terms of the fear and JFK in terms yeah. of the fear that it struck in their hearts and so to reimagine a world in which that hadn't happened
2: Spoiler alert.
1: Spoiler alert. Sorry.
2: Sorry, Alex. No,
0: go ahead. No, it's fine. So, uh, I, I
2: don't get worried about yeah. spoiler Okay, alerts. no, I don't either, yeah. Because re- the story's good or it's not. To reimagine a world
1: in which that didn't happen. So it doesn't was, happen and, in and the movie? And to open up nah. the possibility. No shit. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> that that fear never wow. ingrips that and whole generation of
2: Americans. It's his most positive ending, too, because Sharon Tate and them are like, it's it's actually a happy ending. It is
1: a happy ending for the first time ever. Yeah. You're like, that's awesome. Just happy. <laughs> and it,
2: and, it, and and and
1: what it's you know it, and it, it it's interesting because like I really want to see like a good interview with him wow. about what it was he was trying to say in the movie, which yeah. I have searched for and have not found.
0: Wait, so, what? J- just say it. What what he's trying to say in the movie? What do you mean? Well, I don't know what he's I trying no idea, to say. Yeah. I I oh I I, oh, I yeah. would
1: like for him to say what he's trying to say, but I haven't seen an interview where he actually says it. But I think yeah. I think what he's trying to say is that the hippies kind of fucked everything up and that if that hadn't happened, America would be a much better
2: place. It's a very conservative movie. And I
1: don't know that I disagree with it's his... A conservative uh, movie. Yeah. ...his outlook on that. Mm. It's conservative. It is, su- it is a super conservative ending, but there's wow. something to say for... You know, I think I said this a podcast ago or maybe two podcasts ago because I've now been on this like a billion times, but there that is the fundamental problem with liberalism right if you question every aspect of society eventually you have unroaded everything
2: the hippies in the movie yeah and that's yeah, what he's, he's getting at with the hippies it's a really right? conservative movie
1: and that that's what i think he's trying to say is that there has to be limits to how much within our culture we're willing to question and devalue and mm-hmm. and there are some things that we just have to blindly accept because society has to be built on something because my mind is uh, and even, I'm sorry to
0: interrupt you, my mind is completely fucking blown by the fact that they just erased
2: even that even Brad Pitt and DiCaprio in the movies are not they're fucking losers. They're total losers. Right? Yeah, they're, and they I've they heard are that the absolute worst people like, Yeah. Why would I want to be like Brad Pitt? Right, In the yeah. hes, he's a stunt man that, sad. It, yeah, yeah, he never, follows the one guy who had never had a career actually. Yeah, but he—that's the whole point—is that he's never had a career.
1: All they are though is vehicles oh, for disrupting the direction of America.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's a good movie. It's such a I am movie. so excited it's now to see that.
0: Like again, this is what I was trying to say. Like I don't get bothered by spoilers. When I saw Endgame and the guy that goes and dies, I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I know do. who dies. I'm so excited to I see don't it. Care. Yeah, I don't care. But the storyline that almost interests me more, Most and I think that's amazing. Hollywood is amazing. Yeah, came out there so
2: much is so good. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a comic book guy, and I hate our Marvel movies. I haven't seen anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a For long sure time. Are. Yeah, yeah. I saw Black Panther. It's the last one I think I've seen. It's like being friends with a 12 year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did
0: you, what did you think about Black Panther?
2: I actually thought it was reactionary. Yeah, it was super conservative. <laughs> I haven't seen because you know the hero who the hero is, Deathmonger or yeah. Killmonger. Yep. Killmonger is a hero. Yeah, it's a weird. That, you pivot. know who should have Isn't weapons? Black
1: Panther the hero?
2: No, he's not. No, no he's no, not, no, not at no. all. Apparently, no. I need to see this movie because you, yeah. nope. sh- you know who you know who should have guns,
1: and it
0: is the most black
2: people. <laughs> right <laughs> that's the, that's the point that's the point is that and so it's it's fine but it's just a weird wrong. moment in the movie where we are like what the fuck what? is going on yeah. so killmonger <laughs> is the villain and his idea is that all michael these b. jordan michael b jordan is that yep. all these weapons in wakanda good which, w- which is where black panther lives <laughs> yeah. is that so wakanda has all these advanced weapons and what's happening across the world People of color being killed. Sure, right. Like yeah. for no reason. Yeah, the entire so, premise makes sense. And so Killmon- right. Killmonger right. is like, who Arm, needs these weapons? Armed black folk, people of color, and will, Black, black Panther like, no, we can't give common people weapons. Like, no, no, Killmonger is right. Well, and that's an awesome Fuck point royalty. because you're like, Fuck common royalty. people,
0: common people <laughs> versus people of color, and it's like this weird moment. Where you're just yeah. like, I mean, he's got a, he's
2: got a, uh, No, you know, Killmonger is you right. You can't no, let everybody. Right. Like,
0: you can't let yourself kill every like. ah, Fuck, mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going so on. That, like, like <laughs> Pen- <laughs> you,
2: you can't kill people, but it's also like, yeah. one, fuck royalty, right? Right. Black, oh, no so shit. Black, Black Panther's a king, so <laughs> automatically <laughs> I'm against them. And two, it's like, no, Killmonger, you're right. Is that who should have these advanced weapons? It's people of color, right? Well, I will say this. That's the point. And at the very and
0: end, there is a moment where he's like, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> and you're yeah. just like, no, 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 no. No, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, it's like, no. where
2: are we going to bomb? everywhere like and everyone's Ooh, okay with this you can't do, you can't do <laughs> that either but no still, killmonger was still right i would still say it was killmonger yeah it was it was time. it was kind of a mind fuck you but know, it was it's reactionary. it's a right-wing conservative movie for sure yeah and it's, really it's marvel right like, marvel is you know who the good guys are in marvel it's military industrial complex it's yeah. weapons contractors mine well, and, uh,
0: mind and i will say like it's a military industrial complex with a conscience. And privatized. Oh, sure. And, and it's, and it's yeah. Robert Annie right? Jr. It's hates yeah. government. He hates everybody about government. It's privatized. But he also makes a lot of fucking money. It's, privatized. it's all privatized. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> well, the Marvel movies are so right-wing, I hate it. Well, I'll say that You're the first person I've ever heard, though, that says that, and I totally agree, yeah. but it's hilarious it's to hear your version versus everybody it's else. It's destructive
2: right-wing, <laughs> too, right? It's <laughs> military contractors and... Military industrial—that's who's going to save us. So we like, had, no, no. We no had, Tony Stark is not
0: a good guy. No, the first movie—he's oh, well, evil. And, and To be fair, Stanley built him that way, and he did, we yeah. all just fucking loved no, him. He did. Yeah. The weirdest know, thing yeah. was when I got compared to Robert Downey Jr.'s version of Tony Stark. They were like, "You're kind of like him." It's like, no, 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 no. no. He's a terrible guy. <laughs> he's not a hero. Well. No. he's No. And he's—he's he's been. <laughs> Fuck off. No, but he really is an anti-hero. But that first scene where it's like everybody, and I'm not even going to say center left, I'm going to say further right from center left is like, fuck bombing every country. What's the first scene of the movie? He stands like this with his arms spread wide and just bombs a desert. And everybody's like, Robbie Downey Jr., good job, yeah, everybody. Nah, nah. We, we win. The Marvel, the Marvel
2: movies probably helped give us Trump, right? It's a bunch of might makes sure right. I hate it. I hate the Marvel movies.
0: And it was built under Obama. Well.
2: It was uh, built under Obama. I'll say that. <laughs> also, please, might makes sure right. Say about Obama, but.
1: Uh, we we don't have enough time to argue about Barry. I, you you I keep like, that man's mouth, like, name <laughs> out of your mouth, son. Like, I'll smack it out of there. No, I. <laughs>
2: I think Barack Obama was good at being president. I think everything else is. I think he's a. We're gonna throw war down. War mongering. I'm not gonna throw down. Gonna war throw mongering. Down. I'm, I, I'm war hearing criminal. this. Like, I'm happy yeah, as can fucking be Barack right now. Barack is a war criminal. He can't is. Ha- can't
1: yeah. have an empire. You don't protect war son. No, yeah. <laughs> is, and you, you better go which, halfway across the globe to which protect which, that we, motherfucker. We can get back to. I don't, <laughs> think,
2: I don't think you can be a Christian and be a politician. Damn. You can't. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, impossible. I'm fine you, can't. About that. you can't. Right. You can't be president and be a Christian because you know what it means to be president? I don't think
1: you can be steadfast in any belief you, you have people. and be a politician.
2: You gotta kill people if you're president.
1: You do have to go. actually you know, I I think we talked about this last— one of the things I'll give Trump is he has been super shy about killing people, which I did not expect. It's weird, isn't it? Because, like, all of his other character flaws, you really would have expected him to, like, hop on board killing people. Yeah, you would think so. And he really is, like, not okay with it. Yeah, well, he's more of,
0: like—I don't want to use this word, but I think you two will understand what I mean. Like, he's more of a— a war pussy than you could imagine. Like when yeah. you talk about yeah. when you talk about yeah. wars, no, like true. when he was doing his campaign, when he was on the campaign trail, he was like, "We're gonna torch motherfuckers. I will shank them I in the face." And always. then it was like, the He's moment he became president, this is one thing I do like he, about the guy. He was like, "Yeah, but I mean, if we do, that actually means that we hurt people."
1: He likes the pomp and <laughs> circumstance of the military, but he doesn't seem to like the reality very much. Which no. I gotta say, though, actually,
2: no, he
0: loves the salutes and he yeah. loves the handshakes.
1: In some it's, ways, it also. Concern. It's kind of. I think
2: he's fine of killing people. I just think he. I don't know. I I don't think think so. I don't think he is. He has a sense that it's not popular. No, No. I don't. No, well, I I would agree that he's a populist. I don't think he's okay
1: killing people.
2: He'd be fine if it knew.
1: I don't think so. I think think he has shied away from it so much at every moment that he had an opportunity to just smack somebody down.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, think about like when we had Mad Dog in there and they dropped the Moab. And yeah, what yeah. was that Iraq that he dropped it or Yemen it was Yemen. it was Yemen. it Afghanistan okay so we dropped the Moab was it Yemen yeah, okay so either way yeah. country that nobody knows and even the two of you historians don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere in the Arabian Peninsula yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I mean even that it's like so we dropped that it blows up and even Trump was like yeah, we dropped it, and it was awesome, and blew stuff up, well, and I'm, I'm very uncomfortable talking about this. They did this. it in the
1: middle of the uh, night and told him it was coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, that. yeah. And
0: it was Mattis who was like, bitch, if you want the State Department to come over there,
1: <laughs> that's cool, but you don't want me over there. Yeah, I mean that— <laughs> You know, th- this is probably we'll have to save this for another podcast because yeah, this yeah. is this is where I, gotta, where I gotta get going. The soon. three of oh, okay, us, sorry, differ yeah, yeah. greatly. But if you're gonna have an empire, you're gonna have to protect it.
2: No, and I'm disagree, which is why I'm saying you can't be a Christian and a politician. You can't be a Christian and a president. You can't be a Christian and sure. uh, something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. So
0: expand on that and like two minutes because I know you have to leave. I get we it. You gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. But I want to – I really do want to understand that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, just uh, the simple fact of the matter is re- read the New Testament and tell me how many times Jesus
0: – Killed people. Yeah. He, tol- overturned, he overturned a couple of or tables. Or told you to kill people. <laughs> yeah. He didn't. Right. Well, the, yeah. The well, that fact, was the, the argument viol- that we were talking about where I is, call myself yeah. a Christian. It
2: is. The violence there is not directed at – I mean, it is in it that is people It's more aimed at a system, s- systemic problem than it is at yep. – it's more of a symbolic action. Yeah, just got him killed. Um, yeah, but which you should can't, tell you all you need to know. That you can't, you can't read the Bible. <laughs> and, you can't read the Bible and be like, "Oh yeah, I want to be a Christian and a politician, at least president." You can't be commander in chief. Yeah. And a in a Christian, maybe like no. a mayor, you could be. No, um, this is a very even, antiquated even, system we even, have. Right. Even, now. even even governor is questionable, but you can't be president. You can't be commander in chief, and order the death of people and in good conscience, clear yourself a Christian.
0: Totally agree.
2: Yeah, cuz Jesus he didn't kill a whole lot of people.
0: No. Yeah. Like like zero. I mean, maybe yeah, like, like zero, maybe yeah. between like two and thirty-two. There's there's a, so, some have, argument. No, two and thirty. Two and thirty. <laughs> they, they two and left, 30 yeah, they no, left Out that 12, part. Where twelve. Totally <laughs> no, it's twelve. Killer. <laughs> twelve. Yeah, they they no, left out 12. the eighteen-year-old rampage. Jesus. It's like twelve yeah. and thirty. Yeah,
2: it's twelve and thirty. Yeah. It's <laughs> the deaths are in the so book of So it's of about Mormon. it's about eighteen eighteen years we have that are that are missing. That are questioned. Yeah. 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 Well, hey,
0: I know you have to leave, root. Thank you, I so, honestly. Man. I really hey, appreciate yeah, you coming dude, on. Really anytime, time. Especially when your book comes out, Jesus Christ, we have it's to talk big, more yeah, about yeah. Oral Roberts. Corey, anytime. Seriously, man. Yeah. Y- you basically carry this podcast every yeah, time you're on here.
2: We'll <laughs> have to come back with more of a maybe, because we were going to talk about The Strenuous Life. Oh, yeah. we still got to talk about this. Yeah. yeah, and, and seriously, yeah. any time. we we'll an agenda like, Yeah, no, yeah. no,
0: this was awesome, but, like, next Tuesday, just come on. I really don't give a fuck. This was an yeah. amazing podcast. Just thank you yeah, so we'll much talk. for we'll all of you coming on. Buy more beer.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, I my friend from...